Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your sexy ranch hand co-host Calder Ness. This is episode 282. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. <laughs> Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Episodes coming in a little late this week as we had to get back, or I had to get back from Rocktober. And of course, joining me this week is my co-host Simeon Bruce. Yeah, one of us got stuck behind. Didn't yeah, you got get left quite behind. On the bus. Like one of my favorite yeah. movies to watch on an airplane. <laughs> that is a horrifying movie to watch on an airplane. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> Pretty sure there's, like, multiple airplane crashes in that movie. Uh, is there multiple? Probably, probably. I don't know. But, like, Nicolas Cage really pulled it off. But that's not what this podcast is about. Man, what, can you imagine? There probably is a Nicolas Cage uh, movie podcast. I'd imagine there has to be. But this podcast is about Heroclix. Before we dive into that, though, we're going to talk about what made us happy this week. Simeon Bruce, give it to me. This week, what made me happy was going to a spooky haunted house and a haunted hayrack ride to go along with it. So if you've never been on a haunted hayrack ride or a regular hayrack ride, um, you just like ride in a trailer on a bale of hay or some other like seat that's uncomfortable and you're pulled by like a tractor or a truck maybe. Um, but this one was cool. Um, they do a really good job. There's a, I was pulled by a tractor in this trailer and they've got all these animatronics set up. So there's like this big, like 12 foot tall Krampus and he pops out of this wall and he's holding a child by the leg and the kid starts like kicking and screaming and Krampus is like, Oh, oh, oh." so that was one of, that's my favorite one every year. That's pretty wild. I've seen, yeah, I've seen it multiple years, but that's always my favorite. It's like, ah, Krampus, you always get me, you. You, you mm. silly. Um, why'd you say? Wait, you said it was a what ride? Hay rack. Why'd you say hay rack? I don't know. Cause, what do you call cause it? I, hay ride. I don't know where the rack is coming from. Oh, I don't know. Cause there's a rack. That's how you limber up? <laughs> you get stretched on the rack. Okay. I know. We always just called it a hay ride. Like <laughs> I was like, you called it a hay rack ride. Is it different? It's like no. There's a trailer. There's hay bales in it, and they just. Pulled by a tractor and just go along. Like, no, that's exactly a hayride, but he just. It's really throwing me for a loop, this guy. But alright, that sounds awesome, though. I enjoy hayrides and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, what made me happy this week was after about six months of waiting, uh, I finally got my first appearance, Guy Gardner, uh, Green Lantern 68. 60, yeah, I want to say it's 68. Uh, I finally got it back from CGC grading. So I now have. One of the few key issue books that I want to own. Uh, one of my all-time favorite characters, Guy Gardner, have his first appearance. It was very cool. Uh, it's also a really cool cover. Uh, so I was just very happy to finally get that back. When you like spend $200 on a comic book and then spend another $70 like handing it to CGC and like not seeing it for like five six months, you kind of you kind of get a little antsy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm pretty happy that it uh that it finally showed up, and that's that was great. It's gonna be a great uh, I want to say shelf piece, but it's going to be a great closet piece because <laughs> it's got to have low lighting. 
to keep the the book in good condition still. That's the worst part about these is you have to uh, you can't just totally show them off. You have to like minorly show them off where they're like in your closet and you're like you can open it. Yeah. They're still just shadowy, but it's like hey, check it out. I that was actually working for uh, CGC was like one of my dream jobs growing up, and then I realized like how awful that truly would be you have to be like very detail oriented and you have to just like you just have to like open the next page with like you know sterile gloves yeah. and like forceps and like i buy most of my books in good condition and the highest i still have is why well, i have like two is, is seven is 7.0 guy gardener is 5.5 and i'm like that book is in what I think, great condition. But I don't know if this dude's like eating Cheetos on the job and he's just like, I don't drop some Cheetos. That brings it down. Uh, or whatever. Or maybe it's just, I don't know, like any minor crease in whatever page. I, I really want to know how meticulous these guys are. As to me, I would like pick up almost any comic book, whether it be at like a garage sale or whatever. And I'd be like, it's corner isn't ripped, so it's in pretty solid condition. I'd say that looks great, <laughs> you know? But they've got, it's got to be white pages. There's like, there's they go into it a lot. And for people that don't read yeah. comics, um, I think this is kind of boring. So instead, we have so much to talk about this week, we're going to jump right into the news. There's literally uh, a crazy amount of news that happened this week. We're going to talk about something that's more fun. We're going to just kind of go... Back and forth between kind of fun news and then kind of kind of wacky news. Like, what's Hero Clicks doing? Uh, one of the first things that happened this week, or last week, was the Xavier Woods, uh, slash real name, Austin Creed, and Tyler Breeze playing WWE Hero Clicks. They did a 10-minute video of them uh, drafting their figures, which was awesome. And then they did an, about an hour-long video of them playing Hero Clicks. I watched both. I was very excited to see it. Um, and then, like, afterwards, I kind of went and looked at the Up, Up, Down, Down channel. There was a, a room tour that Austin did, and I was like, that was really cool. Um, so, Simeon, just to get right into it, Do you, you watch a little bit of wrestling. Not a lot currently, I mean, currently. So, were you excited to see uh, Xavier Woods and Prince Pretty play WWE here, Clicks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I know who New Day is, or the New Day is... Um, I haven't followed him like super closely, but that was like my biggest hope for this set being dropped was that we would get some uh, WWE dudes talking about it and like getting excited about it. And they did a really good job of actually enjoying the game. And uh, actually, like, you know, they must have actually spent two hours or more reading on the oh, learning it, what yeah. the powers and stuff did, at least. It, it was like so. just. I don't want to like waste a ton of time talking about it, and I don't even think it's a waste. It was really cool seeing something that where like all of us are so incredibly nerdy about, and we've only seen one guy, and like that's Scott Porter. And I don't see Scott Porter every week on. No offense, Scott Porter. You might be in a TV show right now, and I'm making myself look really bad. But I don't like I don't see Scott Porter every week. So in my mind, Scott Porter is more the Hero Clicks guy than he is Racer X from. One of two movies I know from, I'm so sorry, I feel like a terrible person saying this, but like, you know, but Xavier Woods, I see him basically every week, every other week, 
on SmackDown or Monday Night Raw. I can't remember where they ended up. Uh, but either way, there's a lot of crossing over anyways nowadays. So, like, and besides that, he's probably my favorite member of New Day. I think he's he's literally, like, the mix between Kofi and Biggie. Like, everything. Oh, yeah. it's like He's literally just, like, the in-between. And he's great on the mic. He's great wrestler. I really... Uh, I really just I really enjoyed New Day, so it was awesome. And they're all big nerds, which is so cool. So I think this is probably the best person they had to get onto it. I was honestly my my money was on uh, Kurt Hawkins because he does a wrestling action figure podcast, and I really enjoy watching them go toy hunting on their YouTube channel. I was like my money was honestly uh, thinking about like Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder doing a HeroClix thing. But it ended up being uh, Biggie, uh, not Biggie, uh, Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze, which is really cool. Did you know who Tyler Breeze was before this? I, what did he wrestle under? Uh, so they apparently said this is Prince Pretty. I thought he was always just called Tyler Breeze though, because he had, if I'm remembering this correctly, a selfie stick and a pink. Is it a boa? Is that the flower or like the flowery yeah. neck thing? Yeah. I think because I remember Tyler him, Pretty, aka like Prince Pretty, and I remember thinking that that was the most ridiculous gimmick in the world. Yeah, to give to someone. I mean, it's so was Shawn Michaels' gimmick, but I mean, Sexy he pulled boy. it off. Um, I do, I do remember him, but not like I don't think he ever got put over like really well. Oh, Tyler Breeze, no, he didn't at all, which is is just a total shame. Um, because I thought he was hilarious. I I honestly just I thought he was really funny. But it was a very, I don't, I don't want to say dated gimmick, but like it had something just so around like him being some kind of social media guy, which is with how much he had his phone and like the selfie stick and everything. It, it felt too focused on technology, and uh, it was so weird. It's a, it's such a weird gimmick that they gave him, but he was all right guy. And watching them play HeroClix was so crazy cool and eye opening to someone who just just like used to it. And number one, they also they did a great job. So whoever uh, taught them how to play, fantastic job. Because they did, I don't think they totally messed up any, like, they, I don't think they totally butchered any abilities. Like, I think they did a really good job about doing that. I don't think they totally missed anything. Like, they threw, Tyler Breeze even, like, not Tyler Breeze, but Austin threw an object. And I was like, man, see, he's, like, they explained objects pretty well. He's throwing it. He's chucking it. He's got the big guy trait down. I think the only thing that was a little weird was Tyler outwitted the Oscar lock ability and not, I can't remember if it's Oscar lock. Submission hold. Yeah, not submission hold. Like, obviously, you kind of know what he meant, and they didn't want to totally rules lawyer it the entire time because they wanted it to be very genuine. Um, But he outwitted, like, a trait that worked off of submission hold, which basically you can say, like, I've, I've seen people, you know, outwit whatever. When Unimind drops power cosmic and he does whatever, he's like, I'll outwit uh, that trait, basically, when they mean I'm gonna outwit your perplex. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's basically what people are doing when they when they do some of that. They're outwitting that trait. So that wasn't too bad. Um, I you could tell that there was, of course, someone there, whether it was uh, any of the amazing WizKids judges or whoever it may have been. But like, there's one where it's like they make it really obvious, like rules lawyered, and then they make one where it's like not totally obvious, where they're kind of like, uh, and they kind of like, and they look and they're like, uh, it's, like oh, it's the other way, like whatever. Um, but either way, I think that's really big. I think it's huge. I hope people watch that and get into WWE. And number one, I hope normal Heroes players watch it and just see how easy it is to play the game for new players. Like, play the game for new players. For new people to get into the game. 
So I think that's awesome. Number two, I hope WWE fans watch it and realize how awesome Heroclix is and that they want to play a little Jonathan Cena on the board. And I hope they go out and hopefully that game store bought it. Because uh, if not, it's be like, no, nah, our player base really didn't want any WWE. So we could like special order it if you want to. Or you just go to CoolStuffInc.com and get all your latest Heroclix singles and steal products. That sounds cool, dude. And either way, I hope I hope this does get a lot of new people into the game. I really do. Um, any last words on the video? We've probably already talked about it too much. Sorry, Xavier. <laughs> no, it was edited really well. Um, if you guys Critical have any time mix. to kill, <laughs> if you have time to kill, uh, it's fun to like watch. So um, I wouldn't like go out of your no. way to watch it. It's not going to be like informative for you. It's but not. It is I would fun. go out of your way because it shows you how you're supposed to play WWE. The official WWE action tokens are the terrain markers Special that come markers. in the starter set. This is how I played in the Rock yeah. Show with WWE two, uh, two-person events. Those are my action tokens, because that's good enough for Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze, and it's good enough for Calder Ness. The dice you use are the terrible, <laughs> the terrible tiny white dice all right, those are the dice you use. When you roll for attacks, you roll 1d6 at a time. Because if it's good enough for Tyler Breeze, it's good enough for me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why I started doing that halfway through, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, I need to roll five to hit. And he, like, rolled a five on one dice, and he's like, I don't even have to roll the other one. I'm like, wow, weird flex, but okay, Tyler. Doesn't even need to roll both dice. I, I kind of want to do – I mean, you shouldn't do that at a tournament. But I kind of want to be like, I got to roll five. Roll five. I shouldn't even bother rolling the other dice. Like, dang, dude. I cut steep, dude. I cut steep. So, yeah. It was an awesome video. I encourage people to definitely play WWE that way because none of my opponents got it. Apparently, I was the only one that watched that video. Uh, but now, you guys do it. And you do it at your home venues. And when you play WWE, if you play WWE, play it that way. And then they still won't get it because they don't listen to the podcast. Officially right. endorsed Officially WWE endorsed. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the watch list. It got finalized this week. Simeon, what were the changes made to the amazing four contestants that were Vulture, Green Proteus, Trader, forgot the last person. Was it Kobik? Gardner. Gardner, that's what it was. No, much worse than Kobik. Gardner. <laughs> you know, the guy with the hindering terrain. Um, so... The watch list came down, they watched, they, you know, they did stuff. No changes were made to Prime Vulture. He no. will continue doing what he does as long as you want for now. Uh, no changes were made to Gardner, so he can still make free close attacks through his hindering markers. He can still use hindering markers from other game effects other than just his powers. Um, so those two unchanged the two that did get hit were the rare trader from avengers black panther illuminati that one got changed to so instead of free choose an equipped character friendly or opposing within three squares in line of fire if trader is equipped and both equipment have equip any those equipment are now equipped to the other character that got changed to free once per turn for all characters with this power Choose an equipped character, friendly or opposing, within three in line of fire. If Trader is equipped and both equipment have equip any, those equipments are now equipped to the other character. So 
basically if you play more than one trader you can't like you can't flip flop something with two traders it basically made him unique for all intensive purposes sure and so i what do you think about that one uh we're probably gonna go into it a little bit i don't think this affects trader kobik at all it affects mass trader when they totally are throwing stuff around um, but to, for Kobik Trader to pop off and work, you only need those two. I prefer I prefer that entire strategy just not working, to be honest, uh, because I don't. Um, people are gonna not not are gonna hate this, but I don't think that if I play two figures, I should instantaneously win the game against one of your figures. I I still think sitting down at a match where I play a full die unit mind, which would never happen in any universe, and you play Kobik Trader, just means that I lose that game. That really sucks. Uh, and that's a very specific uh, problem. I get that, but it sucks. Like it's just like, oh, just because you decide right. to play that and I play this, you literally instantaneously lose. How is that, in that odd sense, different than someone playing Felix Faust with greed and the Omega Drive and outwitting the whatever? And as soon as I get you within seven squares of my Felix Faust greed Omega Drive, I can every single turn choose whatever, and then you just instantly lose. You know. Because <laughs> Calder just don't play one man armies. I mean, I would never. <laughs> you're not wrong, but I still no, think I love, that. I just love you, that excuse. Oh, it's terrible. Because I should it's be able like, to play whatever I want. Don't make and... 300 point figures, whiz kids, and then make your, your main format 300 modern. Don't make 300 point figures if you have counters that just completely shut them down and, like, absolutely like decimate them to the point where like you know they just can't do anything absolutely so we're gonna go into uh thanks to malcolm Marsh questions this week we're gonna go more into both this watch list and watch lists of watch list past said watch list way too many times in that sentence yesteryear so i think you have yesteryear so if you have any last words about the watch list oh uh, the other change was to the green proteus the rare proteus oh yeah uh that one. So, his also became kind of a unique thing. Um, so the change to him, of course, like the thing that made him busted was whenever a character within range is given a costed action after resolutions, you may generate a blocking, hindering, obscuring, or water terrain marker within three squares of that character, but not in their square. At the beginning of your turn, remove all terrain markers generated by Proteus. So why this was broken was because you could play five Proteuses with this trait for 50 points, and you could have one person that was within the five, I think five range of them, move up 10 squares, end their movement, and then you could place five hindering markers within three of that person. They don't even have to be like line of fire, just within three. So... If you could do that with one action, then you could imagine how many you could do with you know four or five actions. Um, so that's what his trait used to be. What it got changed to was once per action for all characters with this trait. Whenever a standard character within range is giving a costed action, after resolutions you may generate a blocking, hindering, obscuring, or water terrain marker within three squares of that character, but not in their square. Um, so it's all it's all the same after that. But the, the main part that changed is once per action for all characters with this trait. That means where you could have five Proteuses and you give one power action, you now have 
once per action for all characters with this trait whenever a standard character within range is given a costed action after resolutions. So, basically, you get... I'm From what I'm reading, and I might be wrong, but from what I'm reading, if you played five Proteuses and you had one person move within the range of those five Proteuses, you would only get to place one blocking marker for that one person. They also made it uh, a standard character, so you can't do it with... Uh, bystanders, you can't like have Starro fights who are sure. autonomous, like all autonomous, move. And then you'd be able to place yeah. like up to seven or so in a turn, right? So this basically makes the max you can place four at any point in time, which is still helpful if you want to move around and give yourself a little free barrier, a little protection, you know, if you're staying kind of oh, back. Yeah. Like that's one Proteus is still really good, still viable, and like he's still fine, you know. Uh, I played against a Vulture team this weekend that used that perfectly it was like a crazy incredibly amazing so it was great so i think this is fine uh instead of because he was a 10 point character and that that's pretty gnarly um just being able to do that and it does it specify costed action or just action i assume it would obviously not be with any free actions that would just be ridiculous yeah it just says given a costed action costed so action. Oh, okay cool it does have to be something but it it can be move, it can be an attack, it can be, you know, like hypersonic. But still, the, the most you can place yeah. is four in a 300-point game. In a 300-point game. Well, you could do five if you've got uh, oh, sure. somebody that gives you, like, another plus yeah, action total. Yeah, you have, like, a Power Woman or something. So, yeah, Power Woman leadership, the most <clears> you can place is, like, five in a turn, which isn't too bad. It's better than the uh, having a million Proteus, Protei, and then placing just a ton, you know, on the map. So, that's cool. Not too shabby, I would say. And that was the old watch list. This week, WizKids posted a design insight. Visible dials revisited. Do you want me to... Do we just want to take turns reading, like, paragraphs? And then kind of discussing them? Or how should we do this? Yeah, so... Yeah, so we we decided that we're going to read off exactly what they said. And then just kind of discuss it as we go. We could just go into it. But, but there would be so much conjecture. I'm going to... I'm going to try my hardest to play a little bit of devil's advocate with this because when I first saw this, I was on the fence and I was thinking, you know, this isn't too bad. Like I don't mind it. I even can see like, you know, some benefits. And then after talking to like literally all the new players that I know, which is like quite a few and like polling them, I, I don't think anyone Anyone that actually like cares about like fostering this game would like this, but let's let's just get into it and we'll see. I'll start us off here, dear Hero Clicks players. Back in 2016, we described our plan for placing the Hero Clicks dial information on the front of the character card and allowing it to be visible to all players. This caused a lot of concern in the Clicks community, and ultimately, we made a less dramatic change to Heroclix cards, one where we'd put the dial on the back so the controlling player could have view of their own dials. With WWE Heroclix on the horizon, adding new standard powers to the PAC and hopefully an influx of new players into our game, we reinvestigated the benefits of all players being able to view the combat dial on each figure. So... Basically, back in 2016, they tried to put the dial on the front of the card 
a lot of people didn't like it to the point where they decided to not do that and put it on the back of the card. Oh, there was an outcry. It was pretty bad. It was that uh, Uncanny X-Men Wolverine or whatever, right? And, I mean, the set still had normal cards at that point. Um, And that was the first version of this card they showed. And I remember people going crazy about the dial being on the front, but nothing else about, number one, how I still hate the layout of cards. Sorry, it still hasn't changed. I still prefer the old layout. And anyone who uh, is just like, clearly the new layout is superior in every way. Even if it is, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. So, number one, that. Number two, I switched it to the back. Which I think satisfied mostly everyone, I want to say. Like, I don't think anyone totally had a problem uh, with it being on the back. There was a few people, because one of the... I know one of the big, like, complaints that was just, like, it was topical at the time was uh, Grandmaster, like, one of the LEs from the Age of Ultron, I think, storyline or something like that. Um, came out with, like, Graviton and High Evolutionary yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. those guys. He had a trait where it was, like, your opponent, you chose, like, an opponent, opposing character, and your opponent had to guess what the stats on their next click were and if they got like two out of the four right so like they'd take a they'd take a click of damage if they got two out of the four right i think they got a heal back and if they got like three out of four right then they got a heal like one extra and if they didn't get any right then they took like an extra damage or something and this literally came out like months after that figure and people are like, he is now unplayable. And I was like, he was very unplayable, unplayable before, before then. Unplayable I think all of those LEs were not great, I want to say. Like, that, Graviton yeah, was, he was terrible. Like, a lot of them were bad. He was fine for casual, but like, you were going to house rule that for him no matter what because you were never taking him to like a tournament. Oh, no. um, but it was just like, it was just kind of silly. And... I remember this is about the point when they first announced this. This is about the point when I took like a hiatus from the game. Okay. Not because of that specifically. I was moving, and so I put all my clicks into storage, and I just didn't get them out until like a few years after I had moved. So it just happened to be around this time. But I was happy when I got back that the cards weren't, or the dials weren't on the front of the card. Um, so... Yeah, I just, so, I just, yeah. I just I love like, okay. that they say yeah. back in 2016 we like said this, people hated it, so we decided to like opt for a different option. But hey, here it is again, right. and now you're stuck with it. Like, so, I like that they put it on the back burner and appeased us for three or four years, only to be like, and that's how it's gonna be though. So. I guess this kind of brings up one thing, where the initial people not liking the dials on the back of the cards, for some reason this is coming back up, and it makes no sense to me that people are bringing this up again. They're saying, why do we even need figures now if we can look at the dial? Where I'm like, well, back in 2016, that might have been a relevant argument, but it makes no sense nowadays. Like, we still need a dial, I mean, to look at our figures. The only reason it's being brought up is now everybody can look at the card, so literally no one needs a dial. I mean, you could still do the same thing just like, like you could have done it back then. In anytime they ask, just like in Roll Twenty, if you just ask your opponent, "All right, what are their stats?" Then boom, there it is. Now I hated, I hated yeah. the dial being on the card at all. 
because to me that made it feel like figures were starting to become obsolete. I don't think they'll ever be obsolete in this entire game. I don't think they will at all because it's a miniatures game. That's the whole that's the whole shtick, the whole market of it. It's the reason I like the game. Um, but it felt too HeroScape for me, where it's like my figure is basically just a miniature, and it, it doesn't really matter that it clicks at all because I just look at the dial. Like that's exactly what HeroScape is. And at some point is do we need a clicking dial? Because in HeroScape, if people don't know, it's just a miniature. Then you have this stat card, which they probably made stat cards. Um, if you've ever seen HeroScape cards, the literal worst way to make a card in any game ever. Uh, they were this ridiculous shape. They'll just look up HeroScape cards, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Um, and you just put little tokens, damage tokens, and each character had a life, which is basically the number of clicks they could take before they died. Captain America had, like, let's just say seven. And once he had eight damage beads, he died, you know? But his stats stayed the same throughout the entire thing. His powers always stayed the same. And that's what made HeroScape boring, because nothing happened. What makes HeroClicks interesting is that we get to see if a character gets stronger as they take damage, like a Hulk figure, you know? Hulk or Wolverine get angrier, whatever. Or if they just get weaker as they take damage, just like any other character, Iron Man's armor depleting, you know, Batman is getting tired of running around in tights or whatever. Like, that's what makes Heroclix interesting uh, is the stat changes. Um, and before I get too much into that, I can just read the next part if we're mostly done with the 2016 recap, right? Yeah. Alright, cool. As you may have heard us communicate at shows like Origins, WizKids World Championships, or Alliance Open House, one of our goals with products like WWE or the Orville is that we attract people who aren't already playing Heroclix. We know that many locations in the Heroclix community do a great job socially of welcoming to these people. That's kind of a weird sentence structure there. And we're sincerely appreciative of that. We believe that making the game easier to enjoy and understand is an important part of what we as a company can do to support players and retailers who are getting Heroclix newbies up to speed as invested players. Visible dials are a part of that. Starting November 6, 2019, two weeks after the official North American release for the WWE Heroclix, the Heroclix tournament rules section about character cards with visible dials will be amended to say the following. I'll just read this really quick. Character cards with visible dials. A player may ask to view another player's card at any time. Players should not spend an excessive amount of time reviewing character cards. So let's get into it. This is this is the main the main huff huff puff everything that's happening. The bah humbug. Is I love right that here. they say. Yeah. So they say we believe making the game easier to enjoy and understand is an important part of what we as a company can do to support players and retailers who are getting hero clicks newbies up to speed, because WizKids absolutely doesn't do anything other than like giving tabletop teacher some free stuff, they do absolutely nothing to help new players whatsoever. Like, release, what, like three starters a year, maybe, if you're lucky, and, like, two of those might have rules in them. But, like, the sidekick night thing, that was cool, except that you gave them obsolete figures, like, with cool sculpts, but, like, figures that they couldn't even play casually, because if they did they just get crushed it's like it's cool that you didn't give them any traits or special powers so they're easy to learn but then you costed them at 100 points for something you'd never cost at 100 points in a main set you just cost them at 100 points to make them like easy to make 
yeah. into a team. So, like, rather than fixing stuff like that and, like, making, you know, like your comprehensive rulebook and your normal rulebook and your new two packs that you have, rather than combining these into, like, an easier, more accessible format so I don't have to have, you know, three things on my phone to look at and then, like, one physical copy because, you know, they haven't released the digital version of the 2019 rules or, you know, whatever. Rather than fixing that so that you only have to have one booklet or, like, two at max, you think that adding the ability to check the player's card, another player's card at any time, is going to, like, help with... I, I just don't get... Because they, they talk about, you know, accessibility, and they talk about uh, helping new players, and then they bring up something that literally does nothing for new players. Like, I've never once taught somebody this game, and they said, like, huh, this would be so much easier if I knew your dial. The like, only people that I've noticed that absolutely 100% care exactly how many clicks your figure is is in a competitive game format. Not not in a new style format. They might want to know what your abilities are and what you can do, sure, and like in a just teaching a new player. But never once have I been like, has a player said to me while I'm trying to teach him play, man, I wish I knew exactly how long his dial was. That would just make it like better. You know, like that just doesn't seem like a, a big issue. And like Calder, what do you know about teaching people how to play? Well, one day I just did it for like five hours at a convention. So I, I know I know a little bit I know a little bit on trying to get people into the game, and I try to teach as many people as I possibly can how to play in just random conversations. It'll just be like, hey, what do you do for fun? I play Heroclix. Do you want to learn how to play? we got like three hours. Let's do it. I got Heroclix in my car. You know? Uh, it just hasn't come up. Like, it's, that's and, not exactly what they're constantly thinking about. In a competitive format, I am always constantly thinking about, like, oh, I was pretty sure, you know, you know, mine's got five clicks at 150, but man, what is he? what if he has like six or something, you know? Like, that's the only time I think I've ever really thought of uh, dial length before. Yeah. And if if this isn't about, you know, like brand new players, if this is about like people that are new to the competitive scene, I polled a lot of people. Like I, I went and like asked everyone that I knew from my local venues that has been playing for less than a year and has played at like a WKO. And I asked as many people online that like I knew were newer and play like competitively what they thought. And the response was like mostly negative. Like they don't think it'll give them any like leg up on competition. They don't think that, cause honestly it won't, it won't help you competitively at all. Um, it might help you make like a split second decision a little bit faster, but if you're going against somebody who's going to beat you, whether you KO one of their figures, cause you knew to perplex something more or not, like, I just, it's not really going to make, like, the difference. And that's yeah. the other thing about this, is I'm seeing a lot of people online saying, like, this doesn't change the game at all. Then why do it if it's sure. not going to change the if game? It really does, if it really a, like, doesn't change the game at all, then why do it in the first place? Yeah, why even Clearly why even make something. this a thing? <laughs> yeah, um, I just, yeah. Hit us, hit us with that next beautiful, beautiful paragraph. Clearly, you're speechless, so I'll give you something to talk about. Yeah, I just have, I have too much to say, and it's bogging my brain down. All right, we understand 
that some people may think, oh, okay, so so one thing I do want to say is, like, WizKids pretty much puts all of the effort onto us, like, the community, and, like, fostering this game. Like, they have, up until very, very recently, they've put up, like, zero, like, ad space and zero, like, anything. Like, they've pushed their board games more than they've pushed Heroclix. Even recently, they've pushed their board games more than Heroclix. Um, with WWE, they're getting, like, a little bit more attention, and they're doing, like, a big push because it's a new property. But to bring people into the game, they've, like, completely left it to communities without giving, like, the communities a whole lot of support to begin with, you know? We get, like, monthly LEs, but that's if you buy them, you know? Right. Even if your store buys enough product to, you know, cost those, like, 17 times over, they still are going to charge you for, like, those monthly LEs that may or may not bring in, you know, new players. Anyhow, we understand that some people may think this change is too radical, as they did in 2016. We also want to state explicitly, we appreciate that change can be difficult. Thank you for appreciating that. We're sympathetic to the players who have spent not only a lot of effort in memorizing particularly meta-worthy dials, but in perfecting methods too quickly to learn dials in general as part of the Heroclix practice regimen. Our hope is that the players that this might take one advantage away from are in fact some of the most skilled, experienced, and tactful Heroclix players who will still have a great time playing against opponents of all skill levels, even if the playing field might not favor them as greatly as it previously did. We wanted to address some of the strongest arguments we've received on the topic, as well as present additional information that led us to this decision. So, I should have saved that for, for when they address those arguments. Uh, basically... This I don't think that this changes the top tier competitive. Like if you took the top eight of this world's I don't think this changes a single change player or like the way they play. And that's that's for one, it's all it's a meta that's all about ID cards and retaliators, and you don't need to know the dial length on an ID card ninety percent of the time. You don't need to know the the dial length on a retaliator ever. Because it's literally just one click. It's that, yeah. Um, Isaac's Q Prime, it's literally one click. Um, so there's like stuff like that. And then the other half of it is in like the top tier meta, there's probably at any given time like 20 to 25 figures that are actually worth playing, like in that kind of competitive sense. And so people that see Trader also either have a trader on their team or they've played against one enough that they know like, Hey, I hit it for four penetrating and he's going to lose that trade power. Or like, I just hit him for like seven and he's dead, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, same with like Kobik, like people who have played against these things, they might not know how long it's dial is, but they know what they need to do to it. And that's all you need to know. You don't need to know like, oh, if I hit it for four, is it going to this or that? You just have to know, like, I need to punch it for three because that's, like, the optimal amount of damage with, like, a high enough attack, and it takes it off the scary stuff, you know? Yeah. So, I like this little bit in here about, you know, 
patent like the people on the back like literally the top like i don't know 50 people who actually like i've never memorized dials i've looked out dials over but i've never bothered trying to memorize them i'm not like i'm not the top tier i never will be i don't care but <laughs> i i don't care about like competitive stuff like that in that way but i just love that they gave them like a pat on the back and they're like we think that you'll still do good. It's like, yeah, it's no okay duh. there, like, champ. You'll, everything will be this, all right. Don't this cry. This literally is not... This was not like a... No. This was not a barrier to entry to the top-tier meta. It's a non-issue. Things that are barriers to entry to the top-tier meta are like cost to play, um, resources, like time and resources. So actually like dedicating yourself and, you know, like training in the wilderness lifting logs on like a pulley having like a short old italian man yell at you um oh wait no this is the plot to rocky yeah, three huh? it again. um so like but really just if you want to be really good at this game all you have to do is practice all the time the one format that they actually run you know so like don't worry about states that's going to throw you off your game just play 300 modern with IDs and retaliators all the time. Practice on roll 20, you know, 10 hours a day. You know, quit your day job because Heroclix pays really well. Oh, know. yeah. Oh, all it's that not prize like, money I make from getting 10th place at Heroclix tournaments, it's wild. It's not like that terrible magic game where you can actually live off of winnings, you know. It's like upwards of like three to four thousand dollars in pricing that you will have to then slowly sell on Facebook trade groups oh, and stuff. Oh yeah, you, you mean you must talk <laughs> about that that weird uh, that one uh, witches witches of the side of a country. Um, what was it called again? That's right. That's right. Spells of Togethering. That sounded like a great <laughs> great card game. But seriously, like, it's not it's not because people don't know dials. That's not what is keeping people out of competitive um i've won a roc states event and like i've placed decently at I've, i was in like top eight at worlds and teams one year and like i mean that's that's pretty much it i never did better than that but yeah. anyhow like the barrier to entry was not the lack of di like dial knowledge um like matches that i lost had I known the dial, it would not have mattered. It comes down to positioning. It comes down to knowing, like, knowing what your opponent's pieces are capable of more than, like, what their dial says. And you already can know that from just reading, like, the traits and the powers that are on the face of the card. So it's like, oh, Sheriff Strange has a stop click four clicks in. So if I hit him for three, he'll be on his stop click. If I force blast him with my hit, I can knock him back into a wall and finish him off. It's like, yeah, sure, that's great to like be able to look on the dial. But also, that's not the thing that makes him scary. It's not like the stop click. Yeah. And most people that like have played with Sheriff Strange already knew that. So it's... All right, let's get on to let's, yeah, let's on what to they one. think the strongest arguments they've received on the topic are won't play just slow down won't play just slow down from people viewing dials on cards i already disagree with this i don't think that this would slow down play unless someone was intentionally doing it um if i had like five minutes left in like the match 
Which is another thing. We should totally be allowed to time matches now. Because, like, wouldn't that also, like, help new players? If I know that there's only, like, ten minutes left in this 50-minute match, that'd be a great idea. That wouldn't yeah. change the game at all. I think we should do that in addition to this. So, I don't, I don't agree with won't play, just slow down. I think uh, looking at the dials would actually... If anything, it might speed up the game. Um, if you were trying to stall, I could see you like going through like all of your opponent's cards. That if, would be a fairly obvious stall, stall. They'll stall. This is just another avenue for stalling. This like it really, yeah. I personally really believe is. like how I would intend to use it. Be like, I really don't know how much damage to do. Can I see it? I would literally just look at okay, seven clicks, and then I'd literally hand it right back to them. Or I'd be like, okay, uh, out invincible. I see you get whatever later. Uh, outwit also that. So when you land on it again, you don't have it, you know? And then I would just hand it back. That is yeah. the quickest, most effective way to probably look at someone's card. It'd just be like, okay, you have seven clicks. Thank you. And then here you go. That is, I would, I don't want to say this correct way to do it. I think it's probably the most effective way uh, to not slow play and then use the new ability to look at someone's card. If someone wants to slow play, they'd be like, ah, oh, well, I was going to hit you for this much. Um, but I don't have that much damage that I can do, and on that click, you get that. Um, here, let me look at this guy. I guess I could hit this guy, too. Let me see. And it's like, then it it kind of can. Uh, but you can go ahead and keep reading. All right. So will this just slow it down? Uh, WizKid says, this was also a concern raised with our back-of-card implementation. In the intervening three years, we haven't seen this to be true in tournament play or our surveys, never once seen a survey, of local communities reinforced this perception. If anything, it may have contributed to speedier play. Um, one of the reasons that we allowed players to view their own character card characters' dials via the back of their card is it made decision-making easier and faster. A player who didn't have their dial memorized could quickly evaluate the consequences of pushing damage that would move them from click 2 to click 3. They'd know what powers they'd end up with instead of trying to evaluate two different sets of possibilities. For example, knowing that your character has invulnerability on their next click instead of wondering if toughness might be good enough for your upcoming defensive position. So this is something that I've definitely done. I've checked the back of my card when I'm about to push somebody, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose out wit if I do that. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't take a whole lot of extra time. I usually do it during my opponent's turns, because I'm, yeah. like, you know, planning on, like, you know, I've only got a few things that can happen anyhow. Um, is this bad for the game that, like, I'd be able to, like, check that? Like, no. I think that it's good for newer players being able to like because you don't want to be a newer player and you know you go for like the gusto and it, your character is just left as like a puddle that does nothing afterwards you know um i do think it takes away from one of the more interesting aspects of the game and that's like the opaque dial so maybe that's like something we can look forward to is clear dial tops coming soon oh yikes That'd be, All right. <laughs> that'd be interesting. Uh, but really quick, that is how I 99.9% .9 of the time use uh, any card at all. It's like, oh, do I push onto something useful? Nope, won't push. That is literally it. 90% uh, of the time, whenever I look at a, like one of my character's cards, it's just like whether or not I want to take pushing damage. Like that is 
basically all I've yeah. used the back of the card for. Will I take and, pushing damage, and then will this next attack kill me, and should I totally prob it? That's those that the only two things. Yeah, and I I still play with like characters before this was like a change. So I still play with like War of Light and with like Wolverine and the X Men stuff. I yeah. still play with stuff where I have no idea like what's coming down like the dial. Like the old X Man from Wolverine and the X Men. He has such a wonky dial and I can never remember what his good clicks are on. So I never push him because I don't know if he's gonna end up on like the fifteen defense with like barrier and that's a terrible click to be on, so I don't ever push him. It doesn't take any more or less time than if I was going to like check the card. But also, there is something that's a little bit lost from like that older set, where we, you know, you'd have a character, and like the only time you'd push would be in like a dire situation where you really needed to like knock your opponent down some. Yeah. And I mean, thematically, that makes sense because. Like you're not gonna over, you're, like a character in a comic's not gonna overexert themselves unless it's like to get the upper hand. Um, they wouldn't be like, "Huh, I bet instead of like perplexing this situation, I could outwit them if only I try really hard right now and hurt myself a little." <laughs> like, Batman's not gonna like, you know, tear a pectoral so that he can outwit the Riddler next turn, like. That's not a comic thing. Like he's not gonna <laughs> know that that's what he can do. Like, I know that if I dislocate that's one of my... my shoulder, I can say Riddler, <laughs> no, you, you can't. Ugh, I'd perplex <sighs> would be a lot better for this team I'm I've collected. So, yeah, Let not me something pick the that side happens. of this wall um, as hard as I can make my shin <laughs> bleed. Let me TK Mjolnir and it explodes in the middle of the air because that's how I forgot that works. that's what Magneto can do. I forgot he could just destroy the ancient oh, absolutely. Asgardian <laughs> He can lift it too, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's made of metal. Uh, oh, totally. Super easy. Super there was easy. a counter-argument that if players had certainty about their future clicks held, it might slow, because, might slow play because they'd have information that could cause them to have decision paralysis. Uh, I think that's more likely the case without the card knowledge. Um, there's been a lot of times where I'm like, Ugh, do I want to push them? Do I not? Maybe they've got regen on this next click and I'll be able to heal up in like two turns. Maybe they won't have it and then I'll just get hit because I have toughness and I'll die. So that's way more likely to happen. The decision paralysis is way more likely to happen without the dial on the back of the cards. I agree. Um, while that might be true for some players, we've received feedback from experienced players and communities. I'd really love to know who their experienced players that they polled were. Um, experienced players and communities that the typical case is a glance at the dial speeds up decisions. Some of those players, unprompted, said that they'd offer their cards to their opponents to speed up decision making. These players were leaning into something we had hoped to be true all along. Most players want to make key decisions and not spend time trying to remember information to help those with those decisions. All right, so I agree with the first part about it, what they they said. Um, I don't, I, I just, I really would like a whole list of their experienced players that they talked to, especially the ones that said, you know, that these players unprompted told WizKids exactly what they wanted to hear. Like, what a what a grand old lucky mm. happenstance 
that they you know just stumbled into well, like the conversation. Well, how many people they ask, we would have to assume that maybe one or two would actually somehow do that. But if it's like I'm, they asked like five yeah. and three people said it, you'd be like, eh, but yeah. did they though? <clears throat> and then also the part where it says, uh, most players want to make key decisions and not spend time trying to remember information. I don't ever spend time trying to recall, like even when I'm playing, like not pre-carded, I don't play with pre-carded garbage. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> even when I'm playing like, pre-dial, I'm going to say like pre-Age of Ultron. When I okay. played pre-Age of okay. Ultron, I think it, when did the new dial start? Was it uh, Deadpool X-Force? Superior Foes Spider-Man. Superior Foes, yeah. Um, Deadpool so, was the first one I played. Uh, Uncanny I X-Men and the 4 had uh, no dials in the cards. And a better card. Okay, so, <laughs> so like <laughs> Uncanny and back. When I'm playing anything from Uncanny and back, I will never ever just like freeze up while playing like it doesn't happen i'm not like oh man like do i clear do i push i just i don't know is proteus gonna be good on click three if i push into it the answer is no um and i've never once like i don't i've never once slowed down because of that and I don't think it would make the game go a lot faster if I knew what my opponent's dial was either. Like, that's not something I'm either going to decide to, you know, shoot you with a 12 for four or an 11 for five. And if I think that, like, you have the upper hand in the game, I'm going to swing for the fences and I'm going to go 11 for five because that's how I play. I don't play to, like, min max my chances. I play to, like, have a fun one. And two is like to crush my opponents every single time. So I almost always will just, you know, be like, I need a 10 to hit this. But man, if I do, it's going to ruin your day. And so that's what I usually do. I don't care what their actual dial is. And it wouldn't help me even if I did. I, if I, if they, I mean, this change is happening. So that's, you know, that's one thing. But when it happens, even in tournaments, I just don't think I'll, like be checking cards like i'll concede the point and let my opponent check the card i won't do it begrudgingly if they think that it's going to help them i'll let them do it but i don't think i'll ever once like need to do that because it doesn't really that's not like my play style like um and for competitive stuff my play style is like hit you for big damage hit your whole team for big damage like that's kind of like you know I don't really play like the 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 niche like uh like ooh like I can split three damage between two people how do I do it kind of thing you know sure all right so they go from that so like won't players spend a lot of time on how to split up damage no because what an amazing segue it's almost like you were just yeah that or something yeah um. I no, think this, well, number one, I think this 100% helps. They they won't spend time because they'll know, right? Like, yeah. that's the whole point. Like, this is why this change is useful. This is like t- chick, uh, chick, a tick in that box uh, because I know, like, okay, do I need to do three to you or four to you or, like, whatever. So, okay, I do yeah. three to you, one like, to you. Like, that. this literally helps it. I really don't think uh, anyone would I've spend that much five. time. <laughs> I've wiped one of them out. It's like, yeah, five will wipe out, like, suited henchmen. Like, well, I don't want to wipe out suited henchmen. That doesn't yeah. help. 
but it'll wipe out like you know proteus and it's like okay so proteus is gone i deal him all five exactly. won't this just be a possible stalling tactic for people yeah yeah it will be um they say this was one of the arguments made heavily to us in 2016 we think this is pretty unlikely yikes uh, wow, you guys do not know your player base. But if players are attempting dishonest stalling tactics, there are already opportunities, and more importantly, penalties for that behavior. What? What is a penalty? So, this happens before almost every Heroclix tournament or whatever. They say, if you think your opponent is stalling, call a judge over, and we'll handle it there. We can't obviously do it after the fact. And I've, I've always, like, I've heard that, and I've been like, I really don't know. When I can totally tell if my opponent is stalling, like I maybe yeah. I have been on one end of that, but I feel like most of the time I feel like I'm stalling because I'm like, ah, oh, dang, you really got me in a spot here, and I just continue to talk and talk about whatever actions I can take, but I feel like I need to say something because if there's silence, they're gonna be like, what is this guy doing? Is he trying to stall for time? But no, I'm literally trying to speak my thoughts out loud because I literally have no idea. You put me in such a terrible position that I literally have no idea what I'm going to do. As long as you are taking actions or concretely speaking about taking actions, I think you're not stalling. Uh, but obviously, I think this makes it a little more obvious where it's just like, can I see his card? And you read it. Can I see uh, her card? And you read it. Can I see his card? And you read it. Let me see her card again, though, really quick. Let me like this to me oh. would it looks, seems like a more obvious way of stalling, I suppose. So in, installing is different than like running away. So a tactic that you can use and not be called like a cheat for is like you you pop one of your opponent's figures, you get points, and then you like hole up and you run away and you keep running for the rest of the game. Um, that's, that's not different stalling. As, You're taking actions. As long as That's you're taking actions say. and you're letting your opponent progress the game, um, even if you're just passing your turn, like you'd be like, barrier, pass. As long as you're giving your opponent a, like a turn to do something and you're not trying to like burn time, um, it's technically not stealing. It is terrible to play against, but it's not, it's not uh, <laughs> did I say stealing? It's not cheating. Stalling. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not stall cheating. Um, so... There's that. Um, the fact that I could be, I could say, all right, it's my turn. I'm up on points, and I feel like there's only like ten minutes left in the game. So it's my turn. I can go. All right, like I could call Cyclops in here. He's got eight range, so I can see her. Can I see her card? Okay, three damage isn't gonna kill her. Um, so I could running shot to there. Can I see? Can I see this guy's card? Okay. Well, I could get him to that though, and so like I can I can totally just have like a valid reason for checking these cards and yeah. for like counting like the dial. I can have like an absolutely like turn based like valid reason, and I could take up to like five six minutes, and I feel comfortable that even if a judge was called over, like they're not gonna just end the game unless they're standing there and you're doing it like right in front of them. Now this yeah. isn't something that I would ever do. I honestly, I lose so many games because I just throw my figures in the middle and just like brawl it out. Um, I'm not really like the kind to go to time. 
like 99% of the time uh, I don't go it to time on every purpose. Time. Okay. The the one time I've taken a game to time on purpose was uh, in sealed for X Men Phoenix Saga. I had Proteus and he got hit. He was my last figure at 150 points, and he got hit to his stop click, which is a zero attack or no, it's a ten attack zero damage. So you can retaliate and you make them immobile, but you deal no damage. And so I was up on points, and Proteus has three speed but I had literally zero way to damage them. So my turn was as simple as, like, Proteus moves three squares over here. And then, like, his turn would happen, and I'd say, Proteus moves three squares over here. And then his turn would happen, and then I would clear, and then he would clear, and then I would <laughs> I would keep trying to march Proteus, like, ever slowly away. So slow. Um, wow. That's not stalling, though. That's just me trying to run to time, because I knew that, like, the game was over for me if I didn't. And there is literally no attack I could make. So I'll sort of get into um, that later with the rock, uh, with the rock game that I yeah. Played, I just but I just think the shows like they've got a bit of a disconnect from like their own community if they don't think that stalling is. Um, they think it's pretty unlikely that this would be used in an attempt to stall. You know, it's a I, change that would get as rid of someone stalling? who doesn't even stall. Like <laughs> as someone who doesn't even stall, I can think of very easy ways to use this to stall. Oh, for sure, 100%. You know what they should do? When you count out squares for any reason, you and your opponent should agree upon the squares you counted out and place a token along that side of the map. It would be illegal to count out squares more than three times in your turn. Oh my gosh, yes, you can move ten squares. Quit counting it out, my dude. Oh, yeah. That is something that gets me. When they, when they have to count squares and then count range, I love players. And I mean... I can lean over the table and kiss you when they count out squares. They're like, yeah, oh, you that's have it. And then they put an action token in the square they can land on. And then they count range, and they put an action token on the next square. That is awesome. That is a great way to play. I freaking love it when you do that. Do that oh, yeah. more. If you don't do I've that, put, start doing it. Sorry. <clears throat> I've put Sorry. dice down to be like, all right, this is like my... This is my range. Like this is my effective range. Uh, this is where I can TK to. I've put the uh, like dice down to do stuff like that. It's also a great way to get into your opponent's head. Like, oh wow, he's got more reach than I thought he did, kind of yes. thing. Um, yes. The cerebral attack. The cerebral assassin, if you will. Oh, um, <laughs> we already H. passed WWE today. We're done talking about it. Don't bring it up, Simeon. You're off the show. <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> No, so let's move on from from them not thinking that this will be used as a stalling tactic. Read the next uh, next takedown okay. of okay. a thing they made. You ready for this hot take? Why make a change so focused on new players? Do you really think they'll make better decisions with all this extra information? That's the supposed question. Here's the supposed answer. Brand new players won't instantly make better decisions based on this change, but visible dials help them feel like they know the direction the game is going. Visible information is conducive to learning and to learning and makes the game more accessible for the new player. With so many things for new players to learn, removing the barrier, even if it's just perception, of memorizing dials is a big help. I never memorized a dial in my entire life when I, when I was just new, figuring it out. So I didn't care at all but it's almost like they're making this change for new players and it's almost like that's a very important reason that they're making this change Simeon 
Yeah, it's almost like some people have completely missed some of the questions that they've written down about how this is applicable for them bringing in new players and making the game, like, you know, friendly to new players. Like, there's a question right here that has to deal with that. It's, it's uh, almost like some people didn't read the entire article or something. Or, like, Black, comprehend it. Or, yeah. I don't know how how hard comprehension is in some of those southern states, but, you know. I suppose real um, Anyhow. Hey, this isn't the Shots Fired podcast. We're not allowed to pew, make pew. fun of people. That's 22. Um, I was, anything south of the Mason-Dixon line is just bad territory, in my opinion. <laughs> Give it back to Mexico. Let them take oh, it all. Geez. No. Uh, oh. But to be fair, um, I would say over 90% of people who play Heroclix started before like dials were accessible even like before like hc realms was used like heavily i guess it, i mean hc realms has been around for a long time but like how many people actually studied hc realms to go to like a local wko or you know you i mean you definitely do if you're going to like worlds or nationals or something like of that caliber but just for the smaller end of the WizKids like stuff, um, like which is where like the new players that are like breaking into competitive would go. How many people actually studied dials before they were on the backs of cards, um, and how many people like started playing before they were even on the backs of cards? So like, I just don't think that this is like historically a thing that matters. Um, I think that there's plenty of existing players that started off without this information without like needing this information and are still playing today so i just find this kind of for sure yeah all right we've been talking about this like 30 minutes we're so close to the end of the article i i want to keep talking about it in its entirety but we can just chugga 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 choo choo keep the keep the train moving steadily here yeah all right so the beauty of Heroclix isn't limited to surprise in a dial. The most enjoyable parts are different for everyone, but typically include nuanced tactical decision-making, strategic team-building, beautiful pre-painted sculpts, yikes, and exciting head-to-head -head combat. We realize that this might dampen a moment of surprise and delight in some games, but from the feedback we've received, again, from where... If there is a surprise when a character hits a click four and they have running shot and pulse wave, the negative feeling for the player, especially a beginning player, on the bad end of it greatly outweighs the delight of a player who benefits mm. from this. It's almost like you could learn from your mistakes. Um, so I've totally like used all four actions that I had to hit somebody to a crazy bad click for me. I think the, the biggest example I can think of was I was running like a terrible scientist theme team and I hit the Black Bolt from Incredible Hulk. The guy like, he goaded me into doing it. He like put him out there and I hit him to his click where he's got pulse wave and it, it's like a double power action and does his printed damage. And so then he just did like four damage to all of my characters the next turn. Um, so like, 
yeah, it sucks. But it's like a lot of things, a lot of games like have a learning curve. And if you don't have that like little bit of barrier to entry, like the little like, you know, edge to like get better than like what point is like, I never need to care about, you know, my dial because I can just look at the back of the card now. So it's like, oh, your your dial is showing click three. It's like, yeah, but I'm I'm looking at the, the card. I'm not I don't care about the dials. I've got this card. So like I only use the sculpt for like, you know, a marker. So like that's that's actually Batman. I've got the Batman card, but you know, I put Wolverine out there. It doesn't really matter because you can look at my card and I can look at my card. So like really all you need to get into a tournament should be just the card and markers. Sure. Sure. No, no that's not true. <laughs> That's a terrible point. No, that's that's really bad. But uh, I just you should not say, be on a podcast anymore. You shouldn't have an opinion. I'm sorry, Simeon. <laughs> the beauty of HeroClix isn't limited to surprise and a dial. That's true, but again, thematically, it is. So, the one thing that I think separates HeroClix apart from a lot of collectibles and a lot of like collectible games is that. HeroClix has, well, one, it's got 3D sculpts of actual licensed properties. So that's like the big thing, you know. It's figures that you actually know and you care about. They've got a backstory. They've got an origin. They've got, you know, years of comics that go along with them or movies or whatever. The other thing is that you can play like Spider-Man against the Hulk or against like Batman and you can kind of picture it in your head. Like, I've always enjoyed trying to picture, you know, Spider-Man has, like, super strength and, like, leap climb. So he, like, grabs a trash can and carries it up a wall where Batman was hiding. And then Batman tries to, like, knock him out. But, like, oh, he dodged the attack. And then next turn he hits Batman with a trash can. And Batman is knocked out. I mean, he's he's just dead. But he's knocked <laughs> out. Because... Because that's what our dials say. Hey, if you when, when Hulk it, comes across like six squares and then throws a garbage container at you for eight damage, yeah, I'm just I'm just knocked out. I'm unconscious. I'm definitely not paced on the <laughs> ground. You know. So I I think thematically, uh, the surprise in the dial is necessary to the game. Um, Batman never like I've I've already said a little bit of this, but like. Batman never, like, looks at the Joker and is like, oh, this isn't the killing joke Joker. This isn't haha Joker. This is, oh, okay. No, this is just, uh, this is just, like, regular TV Joker. So I only hit, have to punch him for four damage, you know. I only gotta use, like, I just gotta flurry and hit him twice real quick. That's all I gotta do. That'll take this Joker out. Because I can see his information, you know. Um... It's like people in comics who don't know who the Hulk is. Like the first time the Hulk fought Drax, and like, or the first time Hulk fights anyone, and they're like, he's getting stronger the angrier he gets. It's like, yeah, shouldn't have been hitting him so hard. Now he's real angry and real strong, and he's gonna hurt you now. He's gonna hurt you real bad. Like, <laughs> I, and really, we don't have a Hulk that does that like super well. Um, no, there's a few. To be honest, that, not really. <laughs> uh, we have a like few World that, War like, Hulks, I suppose. Those ones, yeah, pretty well. 
my but, my big main issue. Sorry, you want to finish? No, go ahead. Okay, good because you're not allowed to. My big main issue uh, with what they said was um, <laughs> there's surprise when a character hits click four or whatever, right? They're saying the negative feeling a player feels is worse than the positive feeling of a player that gets knocked onto something because they kind of knew that was going to happen anyways. I really hate this line of thinking because it just it it throws back to if anyone kind of reads comics. Uh, Owl Turd Comics posted one about a few years ago, and it was, I got really bummed because someone stole my bike lately. Real bummed. But I think whoever stole it was probably more happy to have it than I am sad to lose it. And the total happiness in the world increased. And he got so much flack from this. Because it's like, nah, dude, you're allowed to be mad that your bike got stolen. Because that sucks, you know? Like, you're allowed to be surprised when something happens. Because guess what? That sucks. And you're feeling this bad. I mean, good. It's a game. Like, things happen. Like, you you have to understand that every single game that you sit at, you're not just going to win. You're not just going to, like, steamroll your opponent. Like, what? It's like, yeah, oh, man, it really, really sucked when the Lions got the ball. But I think their team was happier to get the ball than we were to lose it. I'm like, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. I've absolutely <laughs> cheered on, like, my opponent when they've, you know, like, my like I'll miss, like, four attacks in a row. And, like, that sucks more than them knowing my dial. That sucks more than them... Like, having a surprise that's nasty. But I'll absolutely, like, applaud my opponent when they, like, pull out, you know, like, KC uh, Flash, like, makes a breakaway roll that he hasn't made all game. And then he, like, he has the suit of sorrows equipped, so he hits somebody with an ultra heavy for five damage or eight damage. I don't know, whatever he does. Six. He's got three, so it's six. Um, I want to... Actually, I won't applaud that. That's terrible. Don't do that. But... Jeez. Whenever my opponent like gets like a good turn, it makes me feel good because at the end of the day, I want to, I want my enjoyment to be the same as my opponent's enjoyment. I never want to crush somebody so terrible that they were like, "Wow, I didn't have fun at any point during that like fifteen minute game where you just stomped yes. me." There's a time and a place for that, and that's like you know competitive events um and even then like i i just can't stand when like my opponents like defeated like 20 minutes into the game and they just like have that look on their face where they're just like ready to just like call it quits but they're going through the motions anyhow i hate that and I've so played games where i'm winning and it's just like man this is not like i'm not having fun i'm winning and everything whatever but I'm not having fun because you are not playing the game and it sucks not playing the game. And I'm really sorry about that. Like I don't, I don't like games like that. That's not, that's not a great way to play, you know? Right. And hero clicks. I don't think it has a competitive aspect to it, but if I'm being completely honest, I think that if you want a uh, well, like manicured competitive environment for a collectible game, there are better games out there than HeroClix. Um, WizKids, with all their like, you know, 20 people, they don't have the time or resources to make this game as streamlined and as 
like concise and well like put together as like a true competitive scene needs and so if you're really into the competitive scene in hero clicks like i applaud you that you like spent time and effort doing that uh but i think the real gold is in the casual aspect which is the like the one part of good news in this is they say as always players at home can still play the classic way of not looking at the dial on the card i hate that it's referred to as the classic way instead of just like the good way um and then again they reiterate we regularly think about new players from set list construction to the wording and special powers and traits uh sure sure you do um we can't quantify this i mean just look at look at ultra chase captain marvel if you want like you weren't thinking about new people when you made that terrible monstrosity of like Uh, a paragraph uh we can't quantify this but we know players who have remained invested in hero clicks throughout our focus on new players and have grown into beloved members of their local community and their hero click scene at large we can sense the growth and excitement in hero clicks as the play continues to evolve and become an experience that the community wants to continue to invest their time and money into. They say they didn't come to this decision lightly. This isn't the only thing we'll be doing the next year to make Heroclix more inviting to new players, thank God, uh, or up-and-coming retailers. But don't worry, this is our, the major one. Yikes. Oof. We understand that some people who are reading this might strongly disagree with it, but overall we hope that our fans will support us in our attempt at welcoming and retaining new Heroclix players. We're trying to grow the game into store, new stores and markets and want to thank the players who are already helping this happen. We've got some exciting plans for 2020 and appreciate your continued enthusiasm for Heroclix as we reveal all that's coming. So WizKids allows the community to well i mean look at the roc that was completely community started community funded community like everything and it's at the point now where we don't even have fall wkos but we have roc states you know Um, yeah if you want to play competitively roc is your place to go WizKids has defaulted a lot of stuff hc realms has the most comprehensive units section for Heroclix, period. Uh, it's got the most comprehensive forums for Heroclix, period. It's got people who put a ton of time and effort with almost no benefit to themselves. And WizKids has uh, the win system, which logs... Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you know how to use it, it will attempt to log stuff, and you can find stores on it. You can also find stores on Facebook, which is uh, how I find most of the stores that I go to. Um, but yeah, WizKids just it defaults to the community for ninety-five percent of its outreach. I'd say, at least. I would agree. And then stuff like this, they just they say, you know what, the community spoke, but we think you're wrong. It's like thank you, Wiz Kids. Thank you for for allowing us or f- pretty much forcing us 
to invest in this game, not only like our time, money, and like effort, you know, building these websites, building these communities, doing all of this stuff with zero help from like WizKids official. And then like just uh, not even taking like our like our words for granted, you know. Um, they said there was enough blowback in like 2016 that they decided to dial it back and put it on the back of the card. Clearly, they didn't care enough in the interim years to think that like we actually like meant what we said. I don't know, or they just thought that we'd get used to it and move on. I'm not sure. Um, hmm. the one, the one true saving grace of this is that if you're not a competitive player, this doesn't affect you at all. Um, so if it's not an official run WizKids event, you literally don't have to do it. So this is only for nationals, worlds, WKOs. If this is at your home right. venue, I don't think you, you don't have to do it, right? So who cares? Even uh, if someone, honestly, if, if, like a new, if a, oh, ROC States, sure. Also WizKids uh, event officially. So, sure, only really competitive events where you absolutely have to do it. So, that begs the question, does this help the new player? They even, like, go to those events? Depends. Like, sure, like all things do. Um, my only real problem with this is that this is the major one. If this is the major thing to get new players into the game, then I think this is wrong. Because um, there's about a thousand million other ways uh, <laughs> to get new players in the game than say you can look at the back of your opponent's card. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways, more creative ways um, than a paragraph in the rules to just say this. By the way, the rules where, you know, like when are, when will this be printed? You know, yeah. For, for glad new we got wise, a new errata um, to the rules. Right. Uh, like there's so many new ways to make the game more streamlined for new players. Why are there five different rule books? Why do I have a WWE pack, a normal pack, a whatever you know pack? Why are the fundamental WWE rules in the core rule book for WWE that comes with the ring? Why does it not have water terrain, elevated terrain? Why does it not have stop is protected, outwit pulse wave? Why, why does it not have those things? Why, <laughs> why are there fundamental differences in the game being played? depending on which multiverse I use it in, you know, or which universe I use it in. Uh, that shouldn't exist, you know. Like, if I have an all-WWE theme team, and <laughs> uh, I have a map on there that has elevated, I can't play that map, because that's not in the WWE rules, because it's not a multiverse game, you know. Like, that's ridiculous. There are so many things uh, that don't work. Why is there a rulebook, comprehensive rulebook, this pack, and there's a WWE pack, and then a WWE rulebook? The... <laughs> There are a lot of different ways um, that could be major to get new players into the game, uh, and I really, I'm, I'm a little bummed that this is the major one. Hopefully, they're just overestimating how major this is, and that the other changes they will make to help new players get into the game and welcome them into the game are actually bigger, but they just don't think that they are. Uh, that's what I would hope, because I definitely think there's uh, a bunch of ways to make the game more welcoming to new people, and I don't know if this is major to be honest with you i think it's major for people that are already been playing the game but as far as new people coming into the game you know i don't think so you know it'd be a great way to retain new players in the competitive sense have enough product for fall wkos that would have been awesome you know i was actually this was like the first WKO season in a while that I was actually looking forward to playing 300 Modern because we've got so much new stuff out from X-Men and wrestling and I was just so pumped to play like my wrestling dudes in a 300 Modern setting and 
now I get to do like ROC states, which is I, mean, I guess that's fine. And I'm not bummed about that because I love Popper, and I think Popper is super welcoming to new players because it's like they don't have to complain about not owning a chase, not having a sideline of super friends, not having this super rare and that super rare. It totally gets rid of all that, and they don't have to own multiples either because it's Highlander. And I think that is awesome. I think Popper is a super cool, welcoming event, and the only people that complain about it are people that don't get to use their their chases and their whatever, you know. So I think that's great for new players, personally. I think that is an awesome uh, format for new players to use. I don't know about it's Skirmish. It's better awesome than looking at players. the back of a card. That's for sure. It's, it's absolutely better than looking at a back of a card. You're saying that even though I got a booster and all it had was a rare and like two commons, two uncommons or whatever, that I can use like 90% of this booster? Like, or yeah, 75%, whatever. 75% of the booster. 70 point, I'm not going to do math. I suck at math. Anyways, and I can it's... use more of this booster, and it's awesome. So you're saying... That even though all I have are these figures that people would literally just give to me for free, that they're competitive and I can actually do well in a tournament? Well, yeah, heck yeah, man. Because people are just giving away commons and uncommons. They almost have no value. I, I understand how far off track this is because we just barely mentioned states. But I, just, <laughs> I, I, I get it. Don't don't like, why is he doing this? I thought we were talking about card backs of cards. Yeah, we've been talking about that for 45 minutes, okay? Uh, let me talk about something else. So... We didn't even get into the whole roll twenty thing and how. No, we didn't. Let's let's not though. You know what? You know what the best part about roll twenty is? It's not hero clicks. You're using hero clicks elements in like the worst possible sense of hero clicks because the coolest part about hero clicks is that it's miniatures and that it's a tabletop game, and roll twenty is not a tabletop game. And there's no miniatures. No miniatures. There's you little like flat the miniatures. icons. You have, to, you have to take a picture and prove it. Like, yeah, I, I went to my <laughs> venue, asked somebody to bring all these figures. I took a picture of it, and then I sent you that picture. Yeah, man, yeah. I totally own all this. No, I uh, I really hate Roll20 because it's digital hero clicks. Some people want to play digital hero clicks because they just like the fundamentals of the game. I don't. That's why I personally preferred the Skype tournaments where I had a camera. I don't care how long they took. I don't care what anyone thought about it. I don't care if you said I moved someone to A12, B13, whatever. I thought that was awesome because I was playing my figures and I freaking love little plastic superheroes. The person and the concept, okay? So, (laughs) like... I just that is hero clicks. That is that's why I like Skype. That's why I like prefer playing over camera. Roll twenty is a great tool for practice and whatever. Don't get me wrong, but it's not hero clicks. It isn't. Yeah, that's fact. Jack. And one last thing I want to say about this is, I really hope that they're right and that this brings in like new players and encourages new players to stick around and that new players are like, wowie gee, I never would have liked this game, but I can see the back of your card. So boy, oh boy, I'm going to keep buying these products and keep coming every week. And I'll say like, wow, that's literally the strangest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Yep. But I'm glad that you enjoy that weird niche aspect of this game that just somehow happened recently totally yeah true conversation that i'm having right Does now any new player even know this happened like really a couple no. maybe that are looking at tell. the hero yeah. website like like who actually like what actual new player even so like in all my the players that i asked my... they were Sorry, like wait what what new rule yeah and i was like well it hasn't come out officially yet but like and yeah they do not care yeah. or if like if they do I don't. I think the split is like either 
they they say like they don't know if it would help them or not, or they just say they don't like it. Um. So, geez, I just keep thinking back to something. So, new players don't really get that. Uh, players that have been at my venue for forever. I post what we do every week in our area at two different game stores. I post that every single week on the Heroclix of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'll still get people message me the day before, hey, what are we playing Friday? I'm like, I literally put this on a group that you are in. You know, you should know what we're doing Friday. Like, if they don't even know what we're playing that week, how do you how do you think they're going to know this? It's up to us, once again, it's up to us, the community, to let them know. It's 90% of whatever. It's whatever. I'm not mad about it. It's not why I'm bringing it up. I'm just like, whatever. But uh, it falls on us, the community, to let people know about things that happen, things that change. It's a very community-driven game. There's a lot that rests on the community's shoulders, and this is another thing, you know. Is that WizKids coming to take you away? That's WizKids coming to take me away. Uh, they, they they actually started the fire in my house, and then that is them like pretending to like, oh, we gotta go put out the fire, you know. That's. You want to read the back of the fire? Because <laughs> you can't put it out. No, because uh, I I got it. My clicks effects are back, so I slipped that under my house. And now I know it's on fire. That's actually yeah. a change I really like. We want to talk about something and totally get off on a Oh, yeah. Budget. Things that, like, if we wanted to list off all the things that we love about the game, because even with this, like, stupid change, it doesn't, like, I'm, I'm adamantly against it. I started off on the fence. I moved to the other side of the fence, and I just don't think that it's a good change or necessary. It's either unnecessary to bad. Like, that's where my barometer lies is unnecessary to bad. It either didn't need to happen or it's a, a bad thing that it's happening. Um, but even with like that being my feeling, this does not affect me almost whatsoever in my day-to-day -day, like clicks stuff. Uh, my venues won't play this way. We don't host a ton of competitive events where like I'll have to worry about it. Even if we do, or even when I do travel to like worlds or nationals or what have you, I probably won't play this way. If my opponent like wants to see my card, it'll just be something that I'll have to get used to. But really, like, I just think that it's uh, it's kind of like them doing the least amount of work to try and show that they're doing something. Okay, so... Like, they could have put that, in so much more effort into literally anything else. That statement I agree with. It's literally... They changed nothing really about the game. They just added a sentence. Or two sentences, whatever. That I agree with. To play Devil's Advocate, why would it be wrong for everyone to have the freedom of information? Alright? Just, like... You have that information. Why should you keep it from me? Why can't we all share the all information? Does anyone not benefit from everybody knowing everything on the board? Because when I sit down and play chess, I know that pawn isn't going to turn into a knight halfway through, you know? Or when something happens, I know that, yes, once that pawn does get to the other side, it will turn into a queen. But I know I know that any other piece, if I damage it, obviously this isn't how chess works, and I'm going to give someone an aneurysm saying it wrong. But <laughs> is, is there... Go back to the statement. Is there anything wrong with everybody in the game knowing 100% of the information that's in the game? That's my if it's, So, if it's just a game, then no. Like, if this is just a... 
like if this was just magic, if this was just you know like like the figures were just like amorphous blobs of nothing, not tied to anything, and like they just were placeholders for these dials that represented values that like combated each other, it wouldn't matter. But in a thematic sense and like a storytelling like kind of sense, to go back to like my D and D analogy for Hero Clicks, I always like talk about how Hero Clicks is like a D and D encounter. Your DM would not tell you how many hit points a goblin has left. So like your rogue's not gonna like charge like a barbarian and be like, wait, before I charge that barbarian and, and get a sneak attack, can I even take him down? Does he have like how high is his HP? Like what's his AC? You know, like stuff like that. Your DM is gonna tell you if you hit, and then you'll roll and you'll see how much damage you do, and your DM will ex- like describe to you like what kind of damage happens to them. Unless you just like completely obliterate them in a single attack, and then it'll be pretty obvious that they're gone. Hero clicks. So I agree with that. It's one. Um, yeah. Keep so going. keep going. I I just think hero clicks. It's more than just like rolling dice and having stats. It's about like the thematics of it. It's about the like yes the strategy and the interesting combos of builds and stuff. But if you take away like the thematicness of it and like the characters and like. Because really, like, if you strip away the thematics, you also strip away, like, the characters, and it's just, like, a visual placeholder for literally whatever you want it to be. And if you take that away, then, like, it it literally might as well be just any other game with, like a, like, a non-static. The only difference is it has a non-static, like, dial to go with it. So the dial does change like wow how interesting that would be if like if in magic your cards change depending on what like kind of health you had left i don't know sure um and i actually do like that um because if you've ever played D, it's really fun not knowing how much it takes to kill someone because otherwise you're just min maxing whatever and that's why it's also interesting to not know what the rest of your party is going to be before you start a campaign because it's like oh i guess we just ended up with three bards that's cool. Whatever. We'll work with it. That's what makes D&D fun is because you you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know that, yes, this dude takes exactly six damage. So it's like, nah, don't worry about it. Whatever. It's It, it doesn't become a role-playing game anymore. It just becomes what's the best way to beat this level, and it's not fun that way. I love the, the amount. You know when I talk about a good feeling versus a bad feeling? It feels so much better knowing that I don't know how much to KO this figure and I finally do it, I feel so great. Like, in D&D, when I have no idea how much it takes it, and we've been slugging it out for, like, what feels like hours on end, because it normally is, and I finally take down this enemy, it feels amazing. It is awesome. If I knew from the very start that I need to do whatever, I'm just going to feel really, really bad until I finally roll my damage dice high enough to get there. Instead of the moment of relief when I finally take out the enemy. I'm done talking yeah. about cards. I hate them. I hate cards. We should go back to no cards. No more card figures. No more special powers. Really? If that's, like, the, that's the end of card discussion. Team Simeon, abilities. The end of card discussion, traits. Simeon. <laughs> we didn't even get into the fact that it, the thing that this changes the most is like sealed events. Okay. It's not the end but, of card discussion. 
No. It 100% changes sealed events totally. Uh, I, this is, I guess, my only thing I don't care for it because I love sealed so much. I do kind of like not knowing because it's all new. I personally would love it if we got no spoilers, but we knew what every single figure was, but not what they did. And that every time I open a pack, I have literally no idea what any of these people like do. I would love that. I would love it if they never had previews at all except of sculpts. Because that's all I care about is what a figure is in the set. The only thing I care about in Captain America is how many caps we're getting, how many Steve Rogers we're getting, and if the entire Captain America core is going to be there, and if they have a named freaking keyword. I do not care about what they do, just that they exist. You know? I like That's it. For figures and sets, I just want to know who's in it. You know? That's more joy in the preview I get than knowing what they do. The disappointment yeah. comes from knowing what they do, because I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> you if know? you want to talk about things that um, like bar entry for new people. Sealed is like one of the few places where a new person can like not be the best player, but they can thrive because they can pull just those like magical like figures that just have like great synergy in Sealed. Oh, we'll get into that. I promise. And <laughs> this is absolutely like, I, I'm not going to say it's 100% ruined, but it is so much harder for a new person to go into Sealed and like not have like the tactics and str- like strategy down pat they have better figures but then their opponent can be like huh i didn't like i didn't sit on hc realms for like the last 40 hours studying these new dials so i'm just going to look at the back of all your cards if you want to talk about like making a new player feel like they don't want to play the game again it's pulling great figures and then getting decimated because their opponent spent like five minutes staring at the back of his cards, figuring out the best way to one shot like his Hulk and the best way to like double tap his new like champion. And then like he's just sitting there like, well, I thought this was a great team, but uh, I guess this super cool game doesn't really have any strategy involved because you just know exactly how much damage you need to do to a character. Yeah. All right, is that the final on cards? Yeah, we're done. Now we're done talking about cards! All right, moving on. Um, Rocktober. I'm going to try to keep this short, sweet, simple. Thursday night events. We opened, like, five Golden Age boosters. We opened one Warlight booster. Played against uh, current world champion uh, Isaac. uh, First round. Got decimated. And I'm going to say this again. Decimated. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I'm terrible in team events. I, my record is winning like one to two games in any team event ever. Uh, highest being two games. I'm so bad. So bad. And, uh, but we had fun. You know why? Because we were all playing with equally terrible figures. So, loved that team event. Loved that it was a, um, Critical Clicks team event and no one from Critical Clicks was there. That was hilarious. Uh, loved the sponsors, whoever they were, that handed out prizes for crit misses and stuff. That was awesome. Next event. WWE, two-person, whatever. Wow. This set sucks. Uh, WWE figures against other WWE figures uh, is a completely different way of thinking than... People are going to say that. I'm like, I thought this guy was excited for WWE. He is. He totally is. (laughs) He just doesn't know uh, how to play WWE figures. That's just lack of me being uh, any kind of player. Good, bad, otherwise. Uh, (laughs) Because what I thought was going to be good was not what everybody else thought. And we, like, turns out, you know, six Eddie Guerreros 
brings the game to kind of a slow slow crawl because uh, that was the team. I think the uh, event was awesome. I thought it was really fun. And even though I lost, me and my, my partner, Kevin, lost every single game. We only KO'd one figure the entire night, which was Eddie Guerrero. Somehow, we KO'd one of the harder figures to KO in the entire set because he's got to stop clicking heels off of him. He had to hit into it twice. So somehow, we did that. But every single game, we had fun. You know why? Because the Tower of Power is too sweet to be sour. I got you for three minutes. Bonesaw is ready. Because everybody was having fun because it didn't really matter who won. Like, there was still awesome prizing because it was a rock event. And they gave away neoprene maps that had a, you know, boxing ring slash wrestling ring on them. They gave away LE figures. Everybody was still trying to their best. But it was like... Oh, here comes the Undertaker. Tombstone! By God, that man's got a family! Like, because the the feeling in the room, even for people that didn't enjoy wrestling, was so electric. I mean, there was like, woo! Woo! Like, there was... Ah, it was just such an amazing feeling. It was so awesome. Just because the energy was different. Because even though it was still competitive and there was still great prizing on the line and people were still trying their hardest, it was just... It had so much more of a casual feel because of how narrowed down the sets were and how just wild everyone was getting. It was it was awesome. And this is this is coming from someone who lost every single game and and just really just want to have a good time. So if you just want to have a good time, boom. Like seriously, and that's why what I'm really hoping for for W Hero Clicks. If I, you know, go to my venue this Friday, next Friday, and I see three or four new people and they're like, I finally found these, whatever. And I really want to try playing this game. I saw the group on Facebook, like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. And they're just really into it. Then I'll be so happy because if people that are already into the game are having this much fun with WWE, I I really truly hope that WWE brings in all these new players. Like, even if you hate, hate wrestling, you're like, a bunch of fake predetermined, whatever. I don't like no wrestling. Time to go watch Game of Thrones. That's a real TV show. You know, like, even if you hate it, I really hope you understand how awesome this is uh, for bringing in new people and just how how much fun this event was. All right, so there, there's my spew of wrestling for now. Because it was just it was just awesome. It was just super fun. Like, yeah, losing every game. That I never really had so, fun. I really, I really never had so much fun losing every single game in a tournament. It was great. It seriously was. Because uh, it didn't matter. It mattered, but it didn't matter. Next up... Final day, not the final day. Saturday was teams. The Team Rock Highlander. I really like, really, really like this format for teams because it makes me feel like a team instead of just, hey, um, couple of random dudes. I'm just a random dude. You want to just be some random dudes, but we'll be random dudes together and call ourselves random dudes are us and then just play whatever because it doesn't matter. Instead, you're and like I feel like this comes to like I still love that style of playing. I'm just doing it specifically because that's what Simeon did. And I just want to make fun of Simeon, like, obviously. <laughs> uh, which is awesome, which is a totally cool Did it way, twice, all, number thank one. you. Yeah, did it twice. Like, but that brings people together. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. That's a really cool way to do a team event where it's sealed. You don't have to prepare anything. You just get to go for it. That is awesome. You know, I love that aspect of bringing teams together. This one makes me feel like more of a team because we're talking weeks in advance. We're practicing builds. We're figuring out what can be on your team because it physically can't be on mine. The the Super Highlander 
of we can't have any game elements, even maps, overlap on any of our three teams makes us become so much more of a like a unit, you know, as a team than anything else. And I really, really like this format. Now, I don't think it's going to be used in a ton of teams uh, coming up. I really hope it slowly becomes a thing. Uh, more of a thing because I really enjoyed it. Now, there were only 30 people, so there's only 10 teams. Uh, I was playing a monster theme team. I was practicing, practicing, practicing all this time with like an X-Men team or some kind of Avengers Alpha Strike team. I ended up saying like, whatever, let's play a team with Captain Venom on it. So I play like Captain Venom, Wendigo, Groot, Surtur, blah, 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 blah. A ton of monsters, right? Mojo, stuff like that. I lost every game except one that day. But I really liked seeing how creative people got and you can understand that the competitive figures right now are in such a good spot. You're saying that all three teams can have to be different, and they could still be good on their own in a um, in a non-Highlander, non-team competitive format. Like honestly, each team we played that day could still be really good without the restrictions of teams. And I think that shows how solid of a spot the game is in right now that anything works we're almost back to lanterns and entities without having lanterns and entities being super annoying because you could put an entity and a lantern battery on any team almost almost any team and turn solid figures into really good figures competitively you know i loved that era because every time i saw top eights top 16s i saw wild crazy teams doing really well and i loved that and i think just nowadays we're still going to see the same five whatever teams at every event obviously that's always going to happen but i i just think that this format goes to show and i never played a, a similar team each day you know maybe their a player had a different one you know or their b player had a different one that was actually the same as one i played before but either way i never played a similar team the entire day which is really cool uh the only game i did win was against tyler spees and we were both running monster theme teams just saying just saying i want that to be perfectly clear that i beat the 2018 heroclix world champion while my build had a whale like 50 percent of our builds are like the same you know did he fail his opening attack did he have a 12 attack and needed like a five or more to hit everybody did he roll a four yes did he forget that that figure had probability control yes uh but i still won you know i'll be the first one to tell you i'll be the first one to tell you that i won out of sheer dumb luck because that's okay ladies and gentlemen because it was awesome did i almost forget and end my turn uh after i had surter retail and miss with that same 12 attack on 18 defense needing a six to hit did i almost forget that because we're both colossal that i can just punch you anyway yeah i did but i didn't and then i killed him so it's okay it's totally cool you know um <laughs> like but will i still tell everyone like yeah um i just beat like the world champion once at Heroclix. it's like no big deal i just i totally beat him in a game like it was it was just just saying you know like dude <laughs> uh so yeah, team event was really cool. I think Highlander Teams is awesome. I encourage any venue that is somehow big enough to have a team event, even if it only can be two people on a team, uh, to try this format. Obviously, you're one of like two or three venues in the nation uh, that could do this. Or I guess if you're in Canada or some other place, if you can do it, please do it. I, I think it's super fun. I really do. I think it encourages teams being a real team and talking beforehand and learning how each other play and deciding what they should play. I think that's really cool. All right, singles. Singles this year was sealed, which is normally what teams is, and that's okay. Uh, what did I pull? 
out of two boosters, they did allow a mulligan, which is at the point of opening the very first pack or before top eight, you can choose to buy two more boosters. Now, this would be uh, spending about $80, and you can only you know do it once. I didn't mulligan because uh, my boosters were pretty darn good. Uh, my team ended up being Cassandra Nova at 150, Bastion at 100. That's the thick Bastion, the one that's on the 2x2 two two base. Bolivar Trask at 35, A Friend of Humanity at 10. And then I also pulled a Sentinel and a Guard Command. So somehow, out of two boosters, I not only pulled a plus four Sentinel theme team, but I pulled one of each figure that <laughs> every character on my team can call in, besides a friend of humanity. So Cassandra brings in the Guard Command, Bastion brings in a Sentinel, and uh, Bolivar Trask brings in a friend of humanity. I literally pulled three generics and then three figures that all brought them in. Out of the like four generics in this set somehow. My team is pretty dumb. I beat players that I know are better than me, like, just as a fact, uh, that day, just because of how well this team synergizes. Like, it, it synergized amazingly well. I only used mind control on Cassandra Nova effectively, like, in one game. Besides that, it literally worked so well, I was just like, why don't I just attack you and deal you damage, you know? Uh, the yeah, only reason I damage. went... Yeah, yeah, you know, just going for high damage. It really didn't even matter for me to, like, try to mind control you. Um, the only problem I ran into was Cassandra not having shoot while based, which sucked, right? Or any form of movement attack, which balances her out. She's 150 points. She's got shape and shape senses, all sorts of really cool stuff. But her not having any form of sidestep top dial and her not having any form of shoot while based, but she can ignore characters and also no hundering or no elevated, whatever, kind of hurt her a little bit. I'm trying to remember this game. Uh, so any character, this is what gave me the trouble the most. I really feel like I really wanted to win this event. I thought it would have been really cool because I really want to make a map. Almost more than making a figure, making a map seems like so awesome. And I love that this is what the, the ROC does. Oh, sorry. Uh, before I do this, the team winners uh, was Superfan Lucas Van Holland, Isaac Denke, who also is at my current home venue, and Maddie G. So it, it was Phoenix Nest that won the team event. But more so, it was two South Dakota boys that won the team event. And I was really, really, really proud of that. I was so happy that, I mean, these guys, they, they practice a lot. They work really hard. They, they do their best to be really good players. And it, it totally worked for them. And I was very happy that they won. I, I, was, I was honestly super happy. Like, even though I got 10th place, right, we literally were the worst team that day. I just loved how well uh, people in our car did. And that was awesome. So congratulations to them. Uh, to go over singles once again, uh, I the only reason I won certain games, and this might sound like a cop out, is because I didn't write um, Star Trek Underground as one of my maps. I wrote I had High Noon Saloon and Lombard Street. They're both really clear open maps, which means if I had any character that can't be shot within five squares and has like a ridiculous, oh, let's just say something like a stupid number, uh, like nine range, triple target, uh, they just completely outpace me. And can basically run over the whole team. I, I'm basically saying 90% of the reason that I I lost games like that were because I didn't choose a map that was favorable for that matchup. And I didn't think about that. I really do believe that if I didn't let Onslaughts, Red Onslaught or otherwise, run amok and always get you know the first punk attack off on me and just punk me for 5 damage or like whatever right away or my control everybody, that those games would have been a lot different, personally. Because that's what this team... Uh, failed against any team that was just like solid attackers and solid like whatever like uh, blue phoenix cable plus a wolverine and a gene like whatever like teams like that no problem with because if all you were was just a really solid attacker 
this team like just didn't care just because of how much synergy was with it. Like it was seriously insane that I in a Brotherhood X Men dominated set, I made a Sentinel team team and I got all of the characters they generate. It's still so ridiculous to me. This is like the best polls I ever had. I was honestly going to play this team no matter what, and I didn't even notice that Cassandra had the Sentinel keyword, and I was going to play it without theme, to be honest with you. And I was like, oh, she has Sentinel? Well, then, yeah, of course I'll make it a theme team, you know? So, yeah, I went 3-2 and two in Swiss. I had terrible, uh, terrible luck against uh, Onslaughts. Like, it was it was insane. Red, red Onslaught or otherwise, it was really rough. Uh, and that was always in the back of my mind where ever since I lost that first match against Red Onslaught, like no matter what, it just kind of, you know, destroyed my synergy because it didn't matter because then boom, Bastion or whoever can just take out my Bolivar Trask and can really mess me up. So I really grew to hate Onslaught more than ever uh, in this whole format. Top 16, I played the least fun game of Hero Clicks I've ever played. I get myself so nervous and nerved up like during all of the first five matches i'm like we will destroy mutants mutants are terrible defeat the mutant race humanity for the win because it's a sentinel theme team i'm just having fun you know i'm doing i want to do as well as i can but at the end of the day it's, it's about having fun in top a or top 16 it was single round elimination uh this, this is pretty much what always happens Whenever I start doing well in a tournament, or at least it feels that way to me nine times out of ten, that I really play my butt off in like the first like cut game, and then I just drop the ball really badly. If you want to see a, how would you say it, a whatever of that, uh, an example, go to Happy Little Hero Clicks. You had like 2017 XXS uh, sealed. We have one video of me playing against Lucas where. I like it's top four and I just play my butt off and just do my best. And I'm just so physically exhausted from that game that when I finally played against Edward Shelton for the to like win it, the top two, I like dropped the ball so hard and probably played that game worse than any game that entire day. You know, uh, like that was just like literally so bad. I was like, wow, how could I have possibly messed that up? So, so frivolously, like I, it was like handing someone a win. So in top 16, and I'll try not to talk too much about this. I know it's super boring. Uh, but I played against Nimrod, and he had, like, Magneto, and then he had a Guard Command. So, cool. He placed his objects where I could see him. This is, like, the first time I've ever done this. Just because I was playing against Onslaught and was tired of all his free TK, I destroyed two of his heavy objects just right away. Like, it was my first action. He's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And I'm like, oh, I didn't really see it coming either. I don't know why I did it. Um, oh, also, the amount of leadership on this team is dumb. Cassandra, Bastion, and Bolivar all having leadership, being able to keep going every single turn, is pretty ridiculous. It's awesome. Uh, it's almost midnight when we're recording this, guys, so I'm going to keep... I'm going to do my best, all right? <laughs> uh, the cotton candy bang is starting to wear off, not going to lie, and it tasted terrible. Uh, so... Playing against Bastion, I'm like, that Magneto, I just got to punk him right away, so I did my best to get rid of Magneto. He missed a lot of attacks. A lot of attacks. I didn't even get to make that many rollouts because he didn't hit a lot of attacks. Everybody on my team kind of has an 18, you know, and Bastion just, well, not Bastion, but Nimrod's got to hit something, you know. I'm like, I don't even want to attack Nimrod. I tried attacking him three times. Every single time, he, like, either rolled a crit hit or whatever. For some reason, his dice were cold on his turn but hot on my turn, and he kept reflecting the damage back. I'm like, okay, whatever. Bolivar Trask can just free heal it. We'll eventually, we'll get there. 
He knocked Bastion on his free barrier, which he can place only adjacent to Bastion. It mimics a force field, and you cannot shoot it, because obviously it's his personal force field. You, the, it makes sense. It's cool. Uh, no giants can shoot over it. It totally blocks line of fire. It literally came down to like the last, Lord, 15 minutes of this game, where I would just sidestep, move, carry, barrier, making his Nimrod, who has no movement attack, have to phase over this way, in order to get a shot on me, then I would sidestep, move, barrier, whatever, and then he'd have to phase over this way, and then it's like, oh, he actually was able to base me, um, so I'll have to sidestep, break away, we made it, move, place you there, barrier. You know, I literally did that. It's giving me jitters again just thinking about it because of how terribly boring it was, but also knowing that if I messed up the flow of that at any time, that he would capitalize on it and he would just, you know, punk me. He had to kill Cassandra Nova to get more points because I killed his guard command and his Magneto. But it was my least favorite game of Heroclix because we weren't rolling any attacks for like the last 10 whatever minutes. It wasn't really stalling um, because I was still taking actions and I was still just doing that same thing rinse and repeat over and over again. And at some point I was like, you know, why don't I just try to attack? I have enough free heals. I have enough whatever. But I literally got myself so psyched like psyched myself out about if like if I attack he's just gonna murder me you know so instead I just kept doing rinse repeat sidestep move barrier sidestep move barrier you know he took a push he did whatever he tried a colossal push try to do all this stuff and I felt so terrible doing it the entire time but I'm like this is the most effective way to win and it's not playing hero clicks it's placing down little tokens and not making attacks and not playing the game and I, I hated every single second of it. I won the game, um, but I, I just hated it. I really hated playing that way, and then I just was so brain dead after it. And I mean, like, I like, ugh, it was so terrible. It was just so incredibly lame and boring. And I kept like apologizing to him, like, I'm sorry, man, but this just seems like the best way to do it. I'm just gonna keep doing it. And we kept our turns fast though. Like, I wasn't stalling. I was like, boom, I touched the barrier, whatever. It's your turn. Okay, I place barrier here. Blah blah blah. It's your turn. Like, we didn't we didn't slow play it at all. We kept it moving. And, uh, and yeah, won that game against Nimrod in a really lame way. Ended up going against Adam Friedman. I played Adam Friedman, like, twice. He probably thinks I'm the worst Heroclix player, like, in the world, <laughs> if, he even, if he even knows who I am. Uh, because every time I've played him, it's been, like, one of the last games I play that day, and I just dropped the ball super hard. He had an onslaught team where I made a ton of misplays against it. Uh, and, like, what else is there? Yeah, it really sucks. The only bad thing is, like, I can't do the whole barrier thing against Onslaught because he has movement attack. Even though he has phasing, he has all the cool free powers that he can do. So it totally negates uh, everything. Like, even if I got knocked to that point, he would still be able to move around, mind control, whatever. Uh, also, ignoring characters and hindering is a little good. So, yeah. So, like, that team I lost against. And I was honestly so relieved to, like, not play Heroclix and then just go because of how nerve-wracked I got during the Nimrod game of just barriering in. I, I literally only wanted to win that because it was like a national event. I would be able to make a map, which, by the way, if I would have won, it would have been the um the town from Blazing Saddles where it's the fake town. That's the map I would have made. Like, how cool would that have been as a map? with All, all the, the buildings cardboard. are just, like, yeah, cardboard, like cardboard cutouts. cutouts. And then, like, one of the people would just be me because I'd be a cardboard cutout. Like, that's how I'd put myself on the map. Like... In my mind, I'm like, come on, win this national event. You'll be qualified for whatever, which means when you play WKOs, you can just play, like, four Shifting Focus Captain Americas all the time at WKOs. And, like, you don't have to try to play Heroclix at all. 
That's what I kept like. That's what kept me going during games. I was just like, man, I get so bored. And like any reason for me to bring up the Captain America set, as anyone knows, will automatically happen. And Kenny Pena was at the event. And I was like, man, I really hope the Captain America set is good because that's all I'm going to be playing if I win this event. And then like I overheard him and he said, eh, it's okay. And I I about assaulted a person over playing hero clicks. Not going to lie. <laughs> because like I have like literally such high standards. Like I really – obviously anybody else, it's probably like thinking realistically. The set is going to be like an okay set that they, they didn't give much thought into. They're like we should probably make a Captain America set. It gives us an excuse to make a bunch of Avengers. But because it's me, I literally have such high standards for that set that I'm placing my entirety of 2020 on that entire set. Like, that is literally the only thing I care about. What they're probably going to do is do me dirty like EarthX and make it a half Spider-Man set and make me want to go, like, th- go throw myself in a garbage can. Being realistic here. So, yeah, hearing him say, like, mm, it's okay. I was like, Kenny Pena, I'll punk you so hard. I mean, obviously, no, I won't. Like, it's hero clicks. doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, and then uh, the winner of the singles was Easton Brock. Easton Brock uh, ended up winning the national singles. I about said Star Trek sealed, but it is Uncanny X Men sealed. And that, X-Men that is Dark Phoenix. Not Uncanny. <laughs> yeah, Dark Dark Phoenix Saga uh, <laughs> sealed. So congratulations there. I really enjoyed what I more what I enjoyed most about October is seeing people. This is what I enjoyed most about any Heroclix event at all. The only reason I play competitively and go to these places because I like seeing the players that also show up to those places. I love it. I seriously do. Seeing uh, people like uh, this guy I played in Nationals at Origins, uh, Lewis, and then also seeing like Sean Gladden is a really cool guy. Uh, meeting new people. There's uh, one named Jason who like apparently didn't like me for the longest time because I wore a cowboy hat. Like first I ever like knew of that. Just like someone who just dislikes me uh just because for like no reason you know i gotta meet him i gotta learn why he didn't like me and then i gotta learn like why he like tolerates slash likes me now i'm like all right very cool you know um i just love seeing people i love meeting new people i love all of that it's so great uh spending time in the car driving with all your buddies you know talking on the way there playing a little bad sam on the way there is always awesome travel to events if you can afford it and if you can make time i think it's so much fun that is that is rocktober we're we're going we're gonna we're gonna pound through the rest of the episode because I so badly want to pass out right now. There are previews. Simeon, we're not gonna talk about dials uh, at all. No siree. The previews were Baron Mordo, Nightmare, and uh, the Dwelling in the Dark or whatever his name is. They're pretty cool. Check them Dweller out. Dweller in dials. the Darkness. Dweller yeah. in the Darkness. They're so pretty neat. Nightmare is a throwback to the first Nightmare we got with a 14 end cap top dial. That's the cool thing about him. Um, other than that, he's fairly standard. Um, he's got like a Mephisto kind of trait too. Uh, Dweller in the Darkness. Let's see. If you read one trait, I'm punching myself in the face right now. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. He's look, pretty cool. We'll him. talk about yeah. him later. Look him up. I think look Dweller in the Darkness is interesting and Baron Mordo are, but yep, they're on, uh, they're on the Facebook Oh, uh, one more thing I forgot to mention. Uh, I loved the new maps this year. I kind of heard that. But the political rally map at Rocktober was, for some reason, instead of having the American flag background with the juggernaut, whoever, stomping through it, the carnage and wreckage, it was like a Japanese rising sun-looking flag. Uh, The map itself, I don't think, is fundamentally different, except for aesthetic. 
And it kind of, I was kind of bummed that I didn't get my sweet American flag map, and instead I got this like whatever map. But it's all there's novelty to it, sure. And so that was that was neat. You'd be able uh, to trade the, for it when the American one comes out. I should be able to. Yeah, I kind of want to keep both, honestly. But I probably will just try to get the American flag one. Next up, WKO prizes uh, rumored to be Deadpool the Duck being the main one, Maximoff twins, and Pixie. Plus, a special object is going to be a pile of tires. Any good lord. Mm. Uh, I'm really excited for Deadpool the Duck. I thought that was a really fun thing. I really like Howard the Duck as a character, so any version of that I'm excited for. Do not care about Maximoff Twins or Pixie. I do not care. Why is a pile of tires a special object? The only thing I can think of as like a pile of tires being used as a weapon is there's like a Flash or Quicksilver. There's some sort of like speedster cartoon where he throws tires around somebody like super fast. And so like the tires just like keep landing on him really fast. And then he's just like stuck because he's in a pile of tires. Oh, that's funny. That's a funny thing you can do. Maybe I've, just trap him in trap him in tires. Yeah. I've, I don't know how you, I don't know. We're not talking about it anymore. Moving on. That was news. Let's try to get done with community in like 10 minutes. I'll be so impressed if we can do it. There are dozens of us! Dozens! Dozens! This week's Community Tuesday's question is, what's your go-to Halloween team or favorite monster army to collect? Simeon, what is your answer for that? Vampires. Almost every single time. I'll bust out all the worst vampires that need way more help than they're worth playing. Um, Not Fear Itself Dracula, but... Uh, I, usually I don't do either Dracula, um, Fear Itself, or Amazing Spider-Man. But uh, I really like trying to make Hellcow work. Uh, this year I'm going to try and so make Barbados work, because he's a giant scary bat thing. Um, let's see. Morbius, Morpheus, whichever, whatever. The Midnight Suns, those are my favorites. Um, yeah, and then Justice League right. Dark. They're pretty cool. My all-time favorite Halloween-like stuff is just zombies. The only bad thing about zombies, you want to play good zombies, you're not playing a horde of zombies. Uh, you're instead playing like Marvel zombies, which I'm cool with. I freaking love Marvel zombies. I love playing them. And if I want to play zombies casually, I just don't play Super Scroll or like whatever. I made I make a Hydra team and I play Zombie Red Skull. Like that's it. Favorite all-time monster army. Most people should know this. I have like 40-something skeletons from Undead. I love skeletons because I love Army of Darkness and I just want to play a scenario of that one day where I just have a ton of skeletons against like a bunch of Templars or like whatever. Like I just. I just want to do that. I freaking love skeletons. I love generic skeletons. I think they're awesome. They're spooky, scary, and they're great. We're going to read just our favorite answer. Uh, We're originally going to do top three for this one, but the podcast is so long, ladies and gentlemen. We're just going to read our favorite answer. Simeon, what is your favorite answer on Facebook? On Facebook, Sarge Uchiha says, Vampires, though they really do suck. Ha, in in ha, the meta right now. Ha! Says they really do that's suck actually, in the meta right now. That's actually, that's actually Vampires are known for drinking. Suck your blood. <laughs> no, I, I picked that one because I'm also playing vampires this year. Ooh. Ooh. The plot, the plot thickens. 
ladies and gentlemen. Mad Zerfy, missing a few pieces. I'd love to do a mad scientist team just for fun. Dr. Frankenstein, Lex Luthor, Poison Ivy, Mirror, Jordy LaForge. Ooh, I'd have to look and see what else fits the bill. This one, to me, stood out. Because I we were like, what's your monster team, whatever. But he flipped it. It's like mad scientist team. I think that's awesome. I think that is mm. really cool. Like it's unique. It's different. It's really, it's really, really sick. And I totally Perhaps appreciate that. It was man that was really the monster all along. <laughs> Twas beauty that you're killed not, the you're beast. You're not wrong. You're. Oh <laughs> wow! Wow! Here we are. If only we had a good Titano, so that I had like something to play as King Kong. Who's Titano? The DC monkey. No, I know who he is. I just. Titano. Simeon. I don't care about your opinion. Get out of here. Okay. Titano. Titano. Toto. It's Toto, okay? Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to our Jedi Legend Hero Clicks Tip of the Week. You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Tip of the week for a mere 50 points, Rebirth Kid Flash is a gem. Took me a few plays, but each game revealed a new treat. Sneaky, four range, one target, no breakaway risk. Moving allows use of the Titans team ability at no cost. So mobile, even hindering and elevated, don't slow him down. Oh, I'm not done yet. Top dial, shape changes, super senses. You struggle to hit him. Uh, that's if he hasn't run out of sight. This is, by the way, not a tip. It's just a figure he wants you to play. Don't think you didn't notice, <laughs> Jedi Legend. This is not you know, a tip at all. You just come to like, play a DC figure, which is not going to happen, by the way. Hey, you want to? I ain't pulling no punches just because you're be British, a good buddy. player. Play this good figure. That's the tip. That's, That's always tip? my tip for new players: is like, don't bother buying like Spider-Man and Batman and all those characters that you like and enjoy. Buy this weird green booger monster named Unimind, and just play that forever. Because that's sad. sad no, true. that that used to be my advice. That was like two years ago when it first came out. I was oh, like, sure. you don't need, well, like, why bother do well playing anything else? Just play this. Just play this thing. Just roll dice and say you're going to use Perplex or whatever. Just like, just play that, man. Uh, but thank you, Jedi Legend. I know you're secretly thinking, like, Chris would never make fun of my tips like this. Jeez, man. Well, that's the real world. And the Brits lost America in 1776, so I don't need to hear you <laughs> complain to me about anything. Cheese. How to how to I alienate people? I don't think they lost. They just pulled out way too late. Sure. It's American history. I can say whatever <laughs> I want happened, Simeon. So watch your mouth. All right. All right. We also have questions. Malcolm Rush. Well, I'm gonna be real with you, buddy. Don't play. Don't play the bumper, Simeon. Because we're not answering them this week. That's in Japan. Japan? No, 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 no. I can't go to Japan. I agree with Woody. We can't go to Japan right now. We'll do we'll do them both next week. I didn't think we were going to talk for two hours. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, goodness gracious. We will do Robin's question, a superfan Robin Caves, because it's one question, and it's very simple. So we'll, we'll do that one. I'm sorry, Malcolm. I'm sorry. But, like, this would add another, like, 30 minutes to the show. And people are already, like, looking at the download and seeing that, like, it's two hours. And they're like, oh, I'll just skip this episode, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, oh, uh, goodness. So Robin's question. 
was what figure from the pre-carded era would you like to see get remade in the current design philosophy? So a figure that hasn't been made since it was pre-carded. Simeon, what's your what's your go-to, man? My the figure that I picked was um, one that I still like. I've never gotten my hands on, but I still want to, and that is Ares from the Legacy set. For 275 points, he's got Mystic's team ability. He's got 12 speed phasing, 14 attack, super strength, 19 defense, impervious, and five damage without wit. So monster back then still bit of a monster today his stats drop quite heavily um he's also one of the only dc aries i think one of two yeah one of two dc aries that we've and ever got only good dc aries are <laughs> arguably yeah arguably thanks. uh definitely yeah um so if he was remade today, I'd, I'd pick him to be remade today because one, we haven't gotten one since DC 75th and Ares is a huge like figure in DC comics. Um, he's like a big part of the Wonder Woman comics and he shows up in a lot of like the, I don't know, just like a lot of like the one-off issues and stuff too. Um, nice. So for that reason also, because I think that he's something that they could just pretty much do whatever they want. Like he really like the God of war doesn't really have to like fit into any particular form. And yeah, that's why I picked him. You're saying give us a DC two by two set and make Ares just a huge monster. Yeah. Beast. A CGI monster. As long as he gets a 14 attack with five damage. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Duh. So I'm like, we got like, there's a three point difference between DC 75 and then Legacy. One, you get Charge instead, but he's a 12 attack instead of a 14, uh, and a 17 defense instead of a 19. So like personally, for like three more points, I would take Mystics over Quintessence, and them just not being able to like do stuff. I want to say maybe not. Who knows? My answer is gonna be Justice is served. No idea who this guy is at all. White trench coat, white mask, white fedora, whatever. He's got a Tommy gun. He might be that one doctor guy who was in, like, two Captain America, like, comics during the war. Slash, he was in X-Factor for a little bit. Don't know. Don't care. His name is a sentence. It's justice is served. His name is literally just the thing he said. It's awesome. He is an 11 attack with 3 damage exploit. Uh, 14 defense with super senses. He's 31 points, though. An 11 for 3 exploit, 31 points. It's pretty solid. I want to see... Uh, I want to see how well he would do, like, modern age. Like, if they would just make him also wacky, or if we... I just I just want more people that have sentences for their names. That's it. That's all we got. So, that brings us to the close of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are somehow still here, and you enjoyed listening to the show, check us out. We upload it on YouTube, we upload it on Podbean, upload it on iTunes, and basically anywhere podcasts are found. If you want to write in questions and have them ignored, like Malcolm's this week, you can go ahead and send us questions to our Facebook. I'm sorry, we normally don't do that. Uh, I think we're going to have so much less to talk about next week that we'll do a more community uh, dwelled episode. Sorry, but there's just a lot of things happening. This yeah, week. We'll, be out of, we'll be out of previews pretty soon. We're, we'll be out of our saltiness about cards and then everything else in the world, and we'll be totally done. So go ahead and message us in at Gmail at dialhtrohero.gmail.com. Send us into our Facebook.com slash 
Uh, dial H for Hero Clicks. Send us a message there. It's Twitter is Dial H4. That's a number four Hero Clicks. Send us a message there or follow us. We normally share around any previews that we might get or any like anything at all that happens. You can basically funnel us. You know, consider us your news. If you want to answer the Community Tuesdays question, uh, you can go ahead and do it there. It's a lot of fun. It's fun little discussions, and that is where you can find us for stuff and things, ladies and gentlemen. Simeon, uh, read us out of here, my man. Another thing about those cards, no. With oh, that, geez. please don't make me. <laughs> the episode uh, comes to an end, and as a reminder, Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Happy trails. <laughs> Nice stuff.